What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Spot Fest. We got a, we got a big one this week. We got uh, we got Eric here from Time Bomb with us once again to help uh, promote Time Bomb, and then we also are doing our tenth episode, about to be our fucking biggest episode of all time. Uh, we're all pumped up and ready to fucking go. Silvio's also here. What's up, Silvio? What is up? I hope I bet all of you are really happy your ears didn't just get blown out because Travis figured out to stop screaming the second the podcast started. So it's a pretty big plus for everyone's eardrums. Tenth episode, we're making it work. Oh shit! All right, and that was the episode. It was good talking to you. <laughs> Monumental. Oh, oh I'm sorry. That actually made you mad. I'm sorry, Travis. No, no, you didn't make me mad. I promise. Um. So Eric. Eric is uh you're running time bomb this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, this Saturday. Yeah, well, why don't you promote it a little bit? Uh, so this Saturday in Fargo, North Dakota, we got a time bomb pro wrestling three. It's a no ring deathmatch show. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know the whole deal. Uh, we got Eric Cannon versus Darren Corbin. We got Effie's first annual Twink Gauntlet Extravaganza, which is really starting to take shape. I uh, don't want to miss it. And then we got uh, Matt Tremont versus Orin Vite in the No Ring Death Match. So it's really going to be a good fucking show. So uh, check us out, uh, Time Bomb Pro on Twitter and Time Bomb USA on Instagram. And uh, you're you're recording this, and then it goes on YouTube, correct? Yeah. So I've been slacking big time with the matches from Time Bomb Two, but uh, I can guarantee that the matches from Time Bomb Three will be up like within the week. So we'll have that twink gauntlet up and uh, ready to go viral. Yeah, the Twin Gauntlet will be a seven-star match. It'll be better than Okada Omega, so everyone be ready for that. Yeah, Um, exactly. Will it be better than Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, though? That's a real question. I mean, that is a tough one to top. That is match of the year quality right there. But, um, okay, so before... So basically, the the gist of this episode is uh, I went to Fighter Fest, so we're going to talk about Fighter Fest. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sylvia went to Fighter Fest. I went to Crushed Up. We're going to talk Crushed Up because we missed an episode last week. So I'm gonna cover. We're gonna cover Crushed Up. We're gonna cover Fighter Fest, and then that's pretty much the bulk of the episode. Um, uh, Eric ha- can, is gonna give a little road report from uh, what you went to Wrestlepalooza. Yeah, uh, first wrestling's Wrestlepalooza. So we'll we'll touch on that too. But first, I want I want to I want to test your guys' knowledge of the best wrestling company in the entire world, WWE, and their performance center. So. These are these are recently signed indie guys, and I want you to tell me who this is when I give you their new NXT name. You guys ready for this? Yep. Silvio, you ready? I guess. I, I feel like I know some of these, but this is gonna be rough. Alright. So we're gonna start off. We're gonna start off hot. Bronson Reed. Oh, that's uh Jonah Rock. That is Jonah Rock. Yeah, good. Sylvia, did you have that one? I did not. I didn't know Jonah Rock was signed by them till this moment. Yep, yeah, they signed Jonah Rock. He is uh, he is fat, and so is Action Bronson. So they figured, hey, that's a name we're gonna we're gonna run with. So let's do it. Yeah, that's goofy. That's a bad name for him. But I mean, yeah. Jonah Rock isn't like some fantastic name either, I guess. But I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, also, I should make a note. You don't look this up right now because I don't want you guys to spoil the game. 
But uh, if you go on the Performance Center and look at the pictures they have of everyone, they are like the worst, like weirdly lit, weirdly photoshopped. Like they look like they're half animated, half real photo. They're fucking terrible. But don't look it up until later on. But you, the listener at home, should look them up because they're funny. All right, this one's this one's kind of an easy one. This one I feel like was all over the internet. Cameron Grimes. Oh, this is uh, Trevor Lee. That is Trevor Lee. Yeah. Um. Did you have that's that one? That's not the worst one. That's I like out of all of them, one. that's not the worst one. Yeah, and that's the thing. Trevor Lee is pretty forgettable. So I feel like Cameron Grimes is equally as forgettable. But it's at least like normal. But I would like to see. He can't become Grimes because that's already an artist. So he and if he just becomes Cameron, that's going to be weird. So we'll, I'm interested to see where they go with uh, with Cameron Grimes. Just like they can't like they can't make Bronson read Bronson. So I'm excited to see what happens with that one because uh, they've been shortening everyone's names and they're just going to be real stupid soon. And speaking of that, we'll go on to our next one. Courtney Moore. Probably like Candace LeRae. Did they give her a new name finally? No, her name is still no. Her name would be Candace Gargano if they changed it. Oh, uh, that's fair. But no. So th- you you each get one guess. What's what's your guess, Eric? Fuck. Um, Dakota Kai. No, Dakota Kai still Dakota Kai. That is Stokely Hathaway. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that he changed his like Twitter name to like Lucha Van Ross, and I was that's like, that's a-, a much better one. Yeah. I am very interested to see what they did with Stokely Hathaway in NXT because, I mean, he's obviously not going to wrestle. So, what, they're, they're, they're bringing in a manager? Who's he going to manage? Yeah, he was good with Dickinson and Jocko when they did that whole stable they had in Evolve. It was, like, one of the high points of kind of Evolve before they went full NXT, like, small brand, basically. But um, it's weird. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that name. I was thinking a female, which is probably my own sexism, thinking that Courtney has to be a female's name. But, uh, yeah, well, I wouldn't guess that. It'd be one thing if it was, like, Tracy, because, like, that one is, like, a common male wrestling name. We got Tracy. We have Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. We got Tracy Smothers. I can't think of any male Courtney wrestlers. Um, I can only think of, I mean, for the most part, I can only think of female people named Courtney. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's why I guess it. Um, okay, next one. I'm just going in alphabetical order here. Uh, we got Damian Priest. Oh, uh, <laughs> I swear to God. Martinez. That is See, Martinez. Here's the thing. Punisher Martinez is an awful name, too. So, like, this guy has never had a good wrestling name. Like, just honestly, he's never had one. I think he's a pretty good wrestler. I remember people being really down on him in ROH, but I actually liked him a lot, and I was kind of bummed he left. Uh, But, yeah, Punisher Martinez is also an awful name. He got much better towards the end of, uh, towards the end of him being in ROH, but when he was first in ROH, dude, he was fucking terrible. I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I, his match with Ishii was really good at Supercard. The one we saw live. That match yeah, like was that. very fun. Um, yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was good. He uh, and by the end of it, he was like. Uh, I mean, he was like putting on really good matches. He was looking like a fucking animal. So I was. Uh, I was kind of bummed that he signed because I felt like he finally hit his stride, and they just have not used him like at all yet. I mean, I think I've seen him on NXT like two times. Granted, I stopped watching NXT because of the fat hot dog man that's in the front row of uh, Fighter Fest as well. Um, but uh, which we'll address. Uh, he's the man who looks like a basketball wearing glasses. Yeah, um, he's a fest. Re- he's a fest regular too. Yeah. Well, whatever. Fuck him. Uh, he's annoying as shit. You're not a fucking celebrity. Sit the fuck down. Um, 
But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, you guys got anything else to talk about with Punishment Martinez? No. Um, we got to do all this now because we're never going to talk about these people once they actually are on NXT because they, they don't have good matches anymore. I am on Cage Match, which uh, and just one like weird thing to note is I forget how many matches just like happen in that Largo loop that no one ever sees. But he actually has wrestled more matches already this year than he has any other year he's been a wrestler. He's at oh, forty. He's at forty-five right now. The most he's ever had in a year was forty-three. So like he's gonna double the amount just being I in mean, WWE, which is crazy. If you go and look at like the 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 schedule for that, they have a fucking they have an NXT show in Lar- in somewhere in Florida every day basically. Yeah, what? it's weird. I always forget that just because they don't do them over near me, which I think is silly if you're running this many shows, like how do they not come more to like northwest Florida, but I don't know. I'd yeah. watch it. I don't I don't understand that either. Um all right, the next one, this one is a tough one. I'll give you guys that, but I'm still going to throw it out there. Uh because it's mad funny. Dexter Loomis Oh, fuck. I remember hearing a podcast talk about this, and I cannot remember now. This can't be a real name. I, I just want to go with that right now. No, I'm calling bullshit. Dexter Loomis. It is on here. You guys got nothing? I got nothing. nothing. I'm Googling this because I just don't believe you. That oh, is, my God. It's real. It's Sam Shaw. They, when did they sign him? Wasn't he, like, just with NWA? Yeah, so it was literally right after that NWA show. Um, they, uh, they signed him. They, they, they basically mass signed. That's when Trevor Lee signed. That's when Stokely signed. That's when Jonah Rock signed. They announced like, I think like 15 people all at once. Oh yeah. That's when, um, DJ Z signed. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, hey, on, hey, yeah. don't, don't, don't get any spoilers. We're still getting there. Oh, I know who he is. I know his name, but okay. Who the that's fuck him. is Sam Shaw? He was the dude with all the tattoos and, uh, he's, he's like real muscular when he was, uh, I mean, if you, did you watch the NWA 70th, 70th anniversary show? No. Did you then watch you, any old TNA? Because he was in mm-hmm. TNA for a minute, too. Uh, probably, I'd probably seen him before, but I wouldn't remember him. He had that creepy gimmick where he was just, like, would stalk the ring announcers, basically, and it never led to anything. It was just really weird. Like, he would just be really inappropriate and weird to the ring announcers, and then they wouldn't talk about it for, like, two months. And then he would just do it again, and that was basically him in TNA. It's his whole career. <laughs> I say that as like a really big fan of TNA, but that's like actually what he did. Interesting. Um. All right. Next one I got on here for you guys. Uh, <laughs> it might not be obvious right away, but once you get it, you'll be like, ah, that makes sense. And that is Isaiah Scott. That one is um, Shane, Shane Strickland. Strickland. Yeah. Shane Strickland, yes. They figured, well, I mean, you can probably guess the kind of jokes I would make about this name. Uh, this was just like let's let's pick something that sounds like you know like it's got some street cred to it because they are fucking horrible at this and they're racist so that's what they're going for um, and we'll move right on to another one Jordan Miles this one's obvious the ACH that is ACH okay uh, who who is now trying to get people to to get behind uh, go Miles go. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I swear to God. Uh, that is unbelievable. Um, I, can't, I can't remember what he was going by, but I know it was like his real name. And I thought it was a joke at first and I couldn't stop fucking laughing until I found out it was his real name. And I seriously felt horrible for him. But I can't remember what it was. It was like Albert something. 
Oh, I did see that. It was Albert Hayes Jr. Yeah, yeah, Al- yeah, yeah. Albert Hardy Jr. is his real name. Is that what it was, Hardy? Yeah. That is, yeah, that was such a stupid fucking name. I will say Jordan Miles is not a bad wrestling name. That's like a, it's like a good one. It's kind of memorable, but not really. I don't know. I, out of all of them, that's probably one of the better ones. I feel like they gave someone. Like Dude, ACH I'm, is arguably a bad wrestling name. I'm trying to figure this out. There's this guy who they have signed who looks just like Maddie the Moth Martinez. Did they sign him? I believe it. Dude, I feel like they're just signing anyone. Yeah, I'm confused. I, I want to check this up because if this is him, th- this is how bad these pictures are. You fucking just straight up cannot figure out who these people act. Uh, or I'm sorry, Marty the Moth Martinez. Um, is he, he signed? No, it says that he's still in. But he was Lucha Underground champion. Yeah, oh, dude, Lucha Underground got real bad near the end. Damn, they suck. Yeah, okay. It's it, it only lists his Wikipedia page, which is the official source, uh, only only lists him for Lucha Underground. So this dude just looks like a weirdo Marty the Moth Martinez ripoff. Yeah, his cage match has him wrestling like one match in Impact, but he's only wrestled two matches all year. Again, it's going off cage match, but I'm trying to see if there's anyone else recently signed. I uh, I know I like had seen DJZ on here, and yeah. I passed by him because it the pictures, the pictures straight up don't look like yeah. the actual wrestler. I can tell you his name because I watched a match with him and um the Garza Jr who's Angel Garza, which, I mean, that's an easy one. But uh, his name is Joaquin Wild with an E. That's what it is. That yeah. is DJZ. Um, the part about DJZ, there's no way he's ever going to listen to this, but um, please stop doing the banana thing. It doesn't make any sense now. It's, like, very confusing. Like, mid-match, he will just stand on a turnbuckle and do, like, the call-out for, like, the air horn. And uh, I feel like it's just a thing because he's so used to it, but they don't actually do the air horn noise. So he just kind of looks like he has like a weird air horn Tourette's, and uh, it just makes no sense. You know, you'd think that once he gets to the main roster, though, they'll, they'll be all over the fucking air horn shit, like the way they are with the rip, the ricochet noise and the Alistair <laughs> Black creaking noise. Maybe that's what he's going for. He's like, I yeah. know later this is gonna work out. Then again, they jobbed him out in his first match, so who knows? Did they really? Who do you job out to? Uh, Angel Garza, who I mean, should be a star. Yeah, but they could do this crazy thing where they have two people who are new. Not debut against each other and no. Instead, other. they're doing a breakout tournament where they're having all these new guys wrestle each other. So basically, these people who are really good are going to probably put on some fun matches, but um, no one knows who they are. Even like, and I feel like NXT fans like don't actually watch the Indies; they just watch NXT. So you yeah. watch these people who are like huge deals walk out to a crowd that's like disinterested. Yeah, um, that's that's my 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 qualm with NXT is that like, if 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 someone gets like a, a gigantic push. With their real, with their like real indie name, and then of course like the the NXT fans are like losing their minds, like they're the biggest fucking indie fans in the world. But then if someone comes out and they don't realize that it's like an indie guy with a because he's got some stupid ass new name, uh, they just don't give a fuck. Like when I saw, uh, when I saw Tommy End come out and NXT Philly, nobody fucking knew shit because it was like at that time NXT had become such a WWE thing and it was no longer like the independent feel you know I think this is the fourth or fifth time NXT was in Philly and nobody was cheering for Tommy End nobody fucking knew who Tommy End was and then now he's like the biggest shit as Aleister Black there so it's like the NXT fans are just clueless WWE fans at this point and that's why I can't stand them and because that one guy looks like a hot dog and I hate him Um, so, Silvio, do you have the, uh, crushed up lineup pulled up? I do. Yeah. I came prepared. All with right. No so, notes, oh. but, uh, I have this. I have the cards up. 
Yeah, we don't we don't fucking need notes. We we did notes that one episode and it went super smooth. So why the fuck would we go back to that? Pretty much, yeah. That's a uh, that's a great way. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we should, t- we should since we're gonna actually cover this one in depth. Let's start off with Wrestlepalooza. Eric, give us a little rundown of this. I haven't I haven't watched anything from the show, so I'm just interested to hear what happened. Okay, so Wrestlepalooza is at uh, Minneapolis's First Avenue, which was like Prince's venue. Uh, they do it biannually. It's like their big show. Uh, they do other shows at, like, the VFW in uh, Uptown Minneapolis, but this is, like, the big deal. Um, so, this year had, um, like, the Lucha Brothers, Orange Cassidy, Joey Ryan, um, fuck, who else was there? Uh, honestly, I can't even remember, but it was a really fucking good show. Uh, first match, Eric Cannon came out. He owns First Wrestling. And uh, his surprise opponent was Mike Quackenbush. So I was freaking the fuck out. And they had this, like, absolutely insane match that, like, stole the show 100%. And then uh, it went into the scramble match that had, like, a bunch of, like, local guys. uh, Super Thunder Frog, Wildcat, uh, Heavy Metal Lore. And then there was uh, Hornswoggle. Uh, see. Who else? He's on every goddamn show, I feel like. Like, any indie show I hear about, it's like, oh, and Hornswoggle's in it somehow. Yeah, this was actually his first wrestling debut, and you could tell that he was, like, wanting this for a long time. Like, they had this, like, huge inflatable bottle of Jameson, because that's one of the sponsors, and he just ran and, like, hugged the shit out of this bottle of Jameson. <laughs> he was just, like, he was so stoked to be there. But, yeah, they had, like, a, they had a cop gimmick in there. Um... JDX from Chicago, and yeah, that was it. And uh, Wildcat won it, which was surprising. Like that dude, like barely does anything around here, but he's super fucking over at Wrestlepalooza. Like everyone's just screaming meow and stuff. Him and Alley Cat basically have the same exact gimmick. Gimmick. Uh, yeah, I I saw some clips of the show, and it looked like it was super fun. I saw they had like uh, was was, was someone just like randomly playing the drums during the show or some shit like that, or. Might, oh yeah, so that was that was during the next match actually. Um, Darren Corbin came out and he's like their number one heel. Um, so he came out like after the band stopped playing, or no, he interrupted while they were playing, and he like got on the drums and like destroyed their drums and shit. <laughs> and, like everyone fucking hates the guy there. So he had a match with uh, Orange Cassidy. For uh, Orange Cassidy has their like secondary title right now. And apparently it was a non-title match, so Corbin left. And then uh, Joey Ryan came out, and they did Joey Ryan versus Orange Cassidy. And uh, Darren Corbin came back out and said he wants a title match, and he got in Orange Cassidy's face about it. And Orange Cassidy just goes, yeah, dude, literally all he had to do was ask. So they had a title title match, and then Orange Cassidy retained again. That's so sick. Is Orange Cassidy still uh, IWTV champion? Yes, he had his backpack full of titles too. He uh, won it back. He did lose it for like a show, and then won it back again. Um, I also think it's mad funny that, like you were saying, Hornswoggle is straight up on pace to wrestle like 400 matches this year. Like, I, I, I'm gonna look this up right now just because I'm curious. We can keep talking, but like, I'm genuinely curious how many matches he wrestled. Like, I feel like WrestleMania weekend. He was he on every show. Every like, it was crazy. Yeah, it was like he's only had 28 matches this year. That's bullshit. I think I've seen at least 14 of those. Yeah, I, I just, I don't believe that. <laughs> last year God, it says he had more. Last year it says last March he had nine matches in a month. He had, he had 11. 
In 2014, he had a uh, was he he was still with the WWE. He had 11 matches in one month. Um, who's the dude? Oh, Kurt Hawkins. Okay, so Kurt Hawkins came out. I uh, I went to a House of Hardcore a couple years ago, and uh, Kurt Hawkins redebuted on SmackDown, and it was like he came out with like the big stick and everything like that, and everyone was all excited. And then he was at House of Hardcore that weekend because a lot of times they would let dudes finish off their indie dates, and it usually ended up at House of Hardcore, like. Tony Nese's last indie date was there. Um, I think one of Leo Rush's might have been. Um, I saw Tony Nese have two separate last indie dates there, quote-unquote. And, like, they let Tommaso Ciampa go there. So they had, like, a bunch of guys. The Hardy Boys finished off indie run, their indie run there. And they bring out Kurt Hawkins. And Hornswoggle gives the most heartfelt promo I've ever seen from him. And then they both just like, ah, fuck that shit. And just moon the crowd and walked out. And it was <laughs> the funniest looking thing. I respect it. They're just like, yeah, you can kiss our asses. We're going to get paid, and then we lose them. <laughs> and now Kurt Hawkins is still there, and I don't, I do not think uh, Hornswoggle is getting paid like he is. But you know, good on him. Yeah. So like after that one was a women's match. It was a rematch from the last first wrestling show. It was uh, Jessica Havoc and Kimberly. Um, to be completely honest, I couldn't care less. Uh, Jessica Havoc did this cool tombstone off the top rope. That was pretty much the only thing worth noting. Uh, main event was uh, Airwolf and his brother Angel Dorado versus uh, Pen- Pentagon and Phoenix versus The North, which is Ethan Page and uh, fuck, I can't remember. Some other Josh team. Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that was a decent match. Like, uh, it was very clear that Lucha Bros did not give a fuck because um, they had to wrestle in like less than 24 hours at Fighter Fest. Um, they left like three quarters of the way through the match and were just like, see you later and went to their like merch booth. So honestly, it was hard for me to care. Like when it was clear that they didn't give a fuck. Pentagon Wait, blocked during their match. What's that? You said they left during the match. Yeah. Yeah. They just left like three quarters of the way through the match. Christ. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then God, I love Penta- the Indies. Dude, Penta blocked my view for, like, half of the match because he was just chilling on the apron. Like, he was literally just sitting right in front of me. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the thing about them wrestling every promotion in America uh, is that eventually, like, they're just going to not... They're going to need a night off, and they're still going to be booked for it, so they're going to do shit like that. Yeah, exactly. I've never had to deal with that. Like, I've always gotten to see them, like, both go out there and kill it, but... I mean, they still did crazy shit, but, like... It was for, like, little tiny, tiny spurts, and then they were just like, nope, and they went and sat outside for, like, five minutes. That's so- I had it better with them. They just didn't show up to Mucha Lucha when I went one time. Oh. And um, they just, like, straight up just, like, didn't show up, and the promotion didn't say anything. So, like, they basically, like, this show's about to start. And, by the way, the tickets were more expensive um, because they said they were bringing the Lucha Bros. So the tickets are more expensive, and as the show's starting, they, like, play this thing, and they're like, yep, we missed our flight, sorry. And it was like oh okay <laughs> like the rest of the show is just pretty much all locals roosh and um dragon lee were on it which was still cool but it was like all locals for the rest of the show um and apparently they showed up uh this weekend for them though so maybe it was just a fluke but the thing is that sylvia should have pointed out pointed out was that it was going to be the lucha bros versus roosh and dragon lee oh was- yeah which is why, like, everyone wanted to go because I was going to drive up. It would it would have been a 10-hour drive for me, and I was going to do it just to see that match. Um, and then I was like, okay, I don't have the money for it. So that's, I, was, I think I was saving for WrestleMania or something. Yeah. 
I didn't do it. And then Silvio texted me like, this was one of the worst wrestling shows I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to, like, really, I mean, I, I don't really want to go in on them because the guy who runs at Ricardo is super nice. They no, have like, really just, passionate was, fans and stuff. Yeah, it was just a bad situation for everyone. I guess to make up for it, too, he got them to do a free meet and greet this time. So there's that, too. Like, he tried to make up for it. Uh, that's a shitty situation to be in. Like, your main people basically bailed. We did get a triple threat that was a fun match, even if the ending was weird. It was Roosh versus Dragon Lee versus Austin Theory. So that was still, like, a cool match that, like, you don't get to see. Like, they don't wrestle each other that often. Yeah, so you still got something good. It's just not exactly what you're hoping for, but, you know. Not worth is. driving four hours, yeah. But yeah, um, Definitely not worth driving ten. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you could know, tell there was... You could tell there was, like, a lot of politicking going on in that main event. Like, uh, originally, it was Airwolf versus Phoenix as a Wrestlepalooza championship match. And the North came out and interrupted and, like, ruined the match. And then Penta came out. And then uh, Angel Dorado came out. So it was just, like, this big, like, clusterfuck of people. And then they were like, oh, we'll turn it into a a three-way tag or whatever. And... Honestly, it was a little disappointing, but, like, I understand why they had to do it, and it was still a cool show. Like, it was a really good show, but, I don't know, the Lucha Bros not giving a fuck was pretty disappointing, but what can you do? I was, uh, I, I got lucky. I got to see, I went to see uh, one of the MLW, I, did, I went to the MLW show when they did the, the War Games thing, and, uh, which was a horrible fucking match, if you guys didn't have a chance to watch it. It's, it's like a fucking, like, nine-minute War Games, and it sucks, but... On that TV taping, they did uh, they did uh, L.A. Park versus Penta, and L.A. Park was supposed to wrestle in the far ring from me, and then just said "fuck you" to the referee and got in the ring closer to us. <laughs> and then, uh, like they were saying, like "yo, you're supposed to be on that one," and he just instantly was like telling the ref to go fuck himself. And the ref was like, "No, no, I'm being serious. Like we're supposed to wrestle in this other ring." And he he just kept like living it up the gimmick. And uh, then we got so I got to see like Pentagon and uh, <clears throat> L.A. Park like have like a crazy street fight right in front of us. They uh, they went through like a table right behind me. We were up close for all the chair shots and shit like that. That was that that might be the best Penta match I've seen in person. Although I did see him have a very good match with Sammy Callahan too. Uh who uh this podcast now stands cuz fuck Jim Cornette. Uh but yeah, uh it, it's all it always sucks when you see wrestlers show up and just fucking take the whole goddamn night off. Dude, I kind of want to see that with L.A. Park, though. Like, if I see him on a show, I'm expecting him to do absolutely nothing. Like, that dude is the coolest fucking politicker ever. Like, he oh, will do whatever he wants. I was supposed to see him have a singles match with Roosh, and it quickly turned into a tag match, like, within five seconds. And uh, I was ready for it. I knew that was going to happen. Why would they have a singles match in Atlanta, Georgia? But um, yeah. it's definitely funny. Like, he always pulls shit like that. But he is always, like, so I've seen him, I think, like, live three times now. And they're always fun. Like, I feel like he puts on a show. He's just an old man. Um, I uh, I was lucky enough to see him wrestle Masato Tanaka. And they both fucking went out there and went all out. And Masato Tanaka, as I've said before, is one of my fucking all-time favorite wrestlers. Uh, so that was, like, that was, like, the coolest thing. L.A. Park can take off every match I've seen him in for the rest of my life. Because I got to see the the coolest thing I could possibly see from him, in my opinion. I, and I hope I get to see Masato Tanaka again. I wish I could have seen when he uh, wrestled Dirty Daddy. But uh, I, I hope he comes back to America soon. And I, I would love to see him just get used more in Beyond. Because like, I thought he would have been a good fit for uh, for like all the Uncharted Territory shit. Like He'd be a good fit on there. I think he just lives in Japan, right? That's probably why. 
Well, yeah, I would, I would imagine so, but I mean, you know, fly him over, make him move here. I got a spare room. Masato Tanaka, if you hear this, you can move in. Silvio, you can move in too. Eric, <laughs> fuck it. We can get we can get everybody here. If you want to, everybody you moves in. I got I, I I bought a bed for my spare room today. Dropped two hundred dollars for this podcast started. Let's let's fucking get this shit. Let's get it. We need money. Blue Chew, please. Blue Chew, please sponsor us. Or Olive Garden, sponsor us. Olive Garden, please. Dude, I'm working. Work I will not take your money. Work. I will not take Olive Garden's money. I'll take Olive Garden's money. I will not take their money or their gross breadsticks or their bad food. Anyways, let's continue with the podcast. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Olive Garden. Uh, so I just want to throw that out there. All right. So you want to you want to jump into fighter? I mean, into uh, dude. Why do I keep wanting to say fighter fest when I'm crushed up? All right. Yeah, I don't so know why I keep doing that. Which do you guys want to talk about first? I say we go with crushed up because it's older. Like it's the that's, one. That's yeah. fair. All right. Let me pull up the lineup too because I need to refresh what what actually uh, what I ended up seeing. Yeah, I forgot who was in the scramble until I oh, read yeah. it. <laughs> so the uh, the scramble was actually kind of funny. Because it was, uh, first of all, they brought everyone out like right when it started, like like everyone was in the ring when when the thing started. Yeah. Um. So they bring out like uh, facade, and obviously obviously we're big facade fans on here. And then they brought out this dude JXT. I think that's what it was, and he looks yeah. exactly fucking like facade. They like, look very similar. He's Australian Facade. I saw him wrestle beyond that Wednesday before, and that was what I thought. I, th- I thought Facade came out. I wasn't paying attention, and I got really upset. What, what, <laughs> was, what was also funny about that is just that, in addition to him looking like Facade, they, they have the same moveset. They, they, like they, everything they do is exactly the fucking same. Uh, and they, come, they both come out to dubstep. So, like, it's just like, what, what the fuck are we doing here? And they, those were the first two people they brought out. So people people started, like, making jokes about it as soon as it started. Um, and then I know that we had – who we had? We had Wheeler Yuta in it. Hold on. I have the list here. Yeah. Uh, we had Wheeler Yuta. We had JXT, Facade, Clay Drasher, who I had no fucking clue who this guy was. Um, I think I think that you told me he was going to be debuting. But yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. Um and then G Raver came out. He got a fucking big pop. And then Brandon Kirk came out, and everyone just kind of stared at him because Brandon Kirk just kind of looks like Adam Cole's little brother. So uh, people like obviously know him because of the CZW connection, but like I don't know, he he doesn't get like any heat or anything like that when he walks out at GCW events. Everyone just kind of stares at him like, dude, like nobody wants to see you here. Like just chill out. He's weirdly had some good matches in GCW too. The before, because the big match that everyone remembers from him seems to be uh, when he wrestled Jimmy Lloyd in GCW. Yeah, they actually did that first in GCW. Then CZW did it, and that's the one that like a lot of people saw. That like the really CZW match one. is amazing. The CZW match is one of the best CZW matches. You you need to go watch the GCW one. It's like as good if not better. And you know what show it was on? I'd have to look it up. All right, I, I'll, uh, I'll I'll try and find it. We'll get back to that one, but um, I don't have a ton to say about the scramble. Um, I mean, I so like the 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 best part of the scramble for me was Wheeler Yuta the whole time. In addition to being incredibly handsome, uh, was pretending that he was stuck between the the ring and the stairs. And me and Wooler had uh had like seats in the upper balcony, so we're staring straight down. And the whole time he's just waving his arms back and forth and like acting like he's like so stuck and like trying to get fans to pull him out. And he's like, I can't get out. I'm stuck the whole time. 
And uh, he he had to be doing that gimmick for like I'm gonna say probably like six minutes of this match. Like, yeah, I don't remember him being in this match. Like when I looked at this and uh, I pulled the card up before we started, I was like, Wheeler Yuta was in that scramble. Like I forgot, and that's probably why I forgot he was in the scramble. Yeah, he was like he. I mean, everyone who was there, it was like it was funny to watch. But like when I watched it back, I was like, damn, like you literally cannot tell this dude was in here. Um, so other than that, I thought this was. I hate to say it, but I thought this was one of the more forgettable scrambles they've done. I know this is like GCW's like bread and butter, but I, I didn't think this was that good of a scramble. I liked it. I thought it did everything it needed to do. Like they do these, these are very like 2005 indie type matches. And uh, I know they don't hit for everyone. I love them. Like these are matches where if you did a whole show full of scrambles like this, I'd be happy personally. I love shit like this, but I get that it's not for everyone. Like, I understand why some people don't tend to like them as much. It's not even that I don't like them, because I usually like them. I just think that if we were going to take a list of, like, all of the scrambles from the last, like, let's just say fucking 10 GCW shows, this would be towards the bottom of the of all of the scrambles. That's fair. I've, and that is because KTB was not in it. That's also fair. Um, the, I mean, the last mat, the last show they had before that had such a good scramble, too, that oh, it, this one really— scramble? That yeah, this amazing. This one had a lot to live up to, and it definitely was not the tournament of survival one. And the last time they were in that building, they had the one with uh, they had the one with Teddy Hart and Orange Cassidy, where where Teddy Hart's cat ran away. And then yes, Teddy Hart, that was amazing. Teddy Hart hit that moonsault into nothing with nobody in the ring. Just did a moonsault. God, like, I wish Teddy Hart was on this show. Uh, I love watching Teddy Hart wrestle, especially in scrambles or tag matches, because you can tell he like tries to get in the ring when he shouldn't. And you can just watch everyone progressively get more pissed off that he's trying to get in the ring and, like, kick him out. Um, and I love it. It's, like, my favorite part of watching him in a match. If you guys haven't noticed that, just oh, go, yeah, watch, go watch any of them. It's fucking hilarious. There's always someone, like, kicking him, trying to make him get out of the ring. Teddy Hart's reading Rainbow at the Orange Cassidy show was one of the funniest things I've ever sat through. Just because Teddy Hart, they you, they just could not get him to stop, like, motivationally speaking. Uh, and <laughs> He finally goes, all right, now I'm, I'm going to read this book and I'm going to get out of here. And then he opens it up and he immediately starts like reading this like little children's book about cats. <laughs> and it was so goddamn funny. He, he promoed for like 15 minutes about wrestling unity and all this shit. And then just starts reading this book about cats and everyone is just losing their fucking mind for it. That shit was great. But I don't have much else to say about the six-way scramble here. Do you guys? Nah, this was pretty forgettable, honestly. Yeah. Now, I, I went back and I rewatched this recently, and this kind of was a bummer. So the next match was Alley Cat and Sanchez. Yes. Um, and now Sanchez Sanchez has become kind of like a GIF king on, uh, on Twitter. Like, if you see a crazy GIF on Twitter lately, it's probably Sanchez. He's been doing a, a lot of really good spots. Like, his, uh, his, like, he's doing a lot of, like, the springboard DDTs and shit like that, and they all look really good. But uh, he did a chair shot on Alley Cat. And you can't really hear it because the announcers were talking as it happened, but it was one of the loudest. Like it would, if you, if if the fucking crybabies who saw the Cody chair shot saw this one, they would have been so upset because it was one of the loudest chair shots I've ever heard. Uh, he just fucking swings for the fences and nails Alley Cap as soon as the match starts. That's um, what I remember about this match the most, honestly. Like I liked this match. Um, I think I don't think it's that crazy to say. I think this is Alley Cat's best match. Yeah, this, this match is, was amazing. I, this I loved so this good. whole thing, but that chair shot was the one that really stuck in my head because it was just so absurd. Like, I wasn't... At that point, they hadn't really brought anything in, 
So they, like there wasn't really weapons used yet, and uh, I've oh, Alley Cat move of the match. Yeah, like Alley Cat doesn't really tend to do matches like that. So then all of a sudden she just gets demolished with a chair. It really was like a jarring thing with. Which, like, when GCW can do stuff like that, it's crazy because, I mean, I watch people basically kill each other um, and still somehow chair shot, like, a simple one can seem like the craziest move ever. Well, yeah, they, they, they had the perfect amount of comedy in this match. They had, it was, like, it wasn't overdone. Everything felt funny. Everything was, like, was, like, well-timed. It, like, it, and it, it wasn't, it's, it's stuff, like you said earlier, Alley Cat isn't, like, the, this is the most original of gimmicks, but, like, it still feels fresh when she's, when, when they're making these jokes uh, and everything just like clicked with it and then the actual wrestling itself was good there was like not really many boxes which is hard to do in a sanchez match because he's like not always the most sound wrestler um i thought and then i mean honestly the the fucking then like doing all the moves on like they did a couple table spots alley cat did the pile driver on the two chairs like they did some crazy shit during this match um so yeah this was by far my favorite alley cat match and uh i bought a shirt because of this match um and uh yeah, Alley Cat got a huge, like, please come back afterwards. They also had the crowd. The crowd was not that into the six-way scramble. Like, they were they were excited for G-Raver, and that was about it until the end. Uh, the crowd was hot the entire time for this match. Yeah, dude, this match was fucking sick. Like, those chair shots were brutal as fuck. Um, she posted a picture, like, the next day of just, like, this huge fucking black spot above her eye, which is insane. And, yeah, this was absolutely the best match that she's probably ever had um yeah she was walking out with that bruise on her head for the entire night and everyone just felt so bad i think she even makes jokes about it on commentary because she did commentary a little bit and she's like yeah I, I don't know what the fuck's going on i got hit with a chair tonight yeah but, she was actually really good on commentary too i, thought, I think like we're, again we're big alley cat fans on this podcast uh, but i really think like this she obviously was going through some shit we don't need to air out everything she was tweeting out um, she's obviously going through some shit, and there's a couple ways you can do stuff like that. You can either internalize it and kind of let it ruin you, or go have the best match of your career, and uh, that's kind of what this felt like. This felt like she really wanted to go out and kind of prove that she was a really good wrestler, and I think this did it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll also say that. Uh, so they didn't really have like a merch area set up. They had like one up in the corner for GCW merch, but they otherwise didn't have like a place for the wrestlers to sell. Uh, people were going up to Alley Cat and buying and trying to buy shirts the entire fucking night from her. Uh, everybody was like, "Yo, come back! Like you did great." So like, GCW, yeah, GCW fucking put on for Alley Cat because obviously, like you said, she was publicly going through it, uh, and they were like super respective. There was I didn't hear any like like you know how like uh, you you'll sometimes see wrestlers girlfriends wrestle and then they just chant for the male wrestler the whole time. There's yeah. none of that bullshit. Like, everyone's a super respectful, super into the match the whole time. Uh, so, I, I hope that I hope that if Alley Cat does decide to stay in wrestling for the foreseeable future, I hope she comes back to TCW because she's a fucking natural fit there. And everyone everyone loves her. And also, I have an Alley Cat shirt, and I won't be a dumbass if she stops wrestling. So She please. said on Twitter that she's going to keep wrestling. Like, yeah, right, after, okay. right after the show. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, me and the rest of the GCW fans, but specifically me, got her to stay wrestling. She actually tweeted at you specifically and said it was your T-shirt purchase. Yeah, I probably <laughs> I probably just didn't see it because my Twitter is private. That's yeah, all. That yeah, was sorry. The reason why? Maybe next time. But um, yeah. So we'll move on to the deathmatch hoss battle of Schlack and KTB. Uh, I feel like I'm talking a lot, so I'm gonna let you guys talk about this one. 
Sylvia, if you want to go ahead first. All right. Uh, KTB is the best fucking wrestler on planet Earth. Hands down, bar none. That being said, this match bored the shit out of me. I really wasn't a huge fan of this. Um, and at times was cool, but I felt like this was really slow. And I kind of wanted more out of this. Uh, just because I came in, and it's probably my own fault. I was like, this is going to be KTB's match where everyone's talking about him afterwards. It just didn't feel that way and kind of bummed me out. I feel like I probably have a different take, but uh, I wanted this match to be a little better than it was. Uh, honestly, I thought this match was really sick. Uh, I love doors with everything in me, so I was all about this match. Um, I'll never get tired of seeing KTB launch people off the top rope through a door. Um, I liked it, so that's pretty much all I got to say about it. Um, I thought it was good. I just felt like it ended abruptly. Um, like I, I it thought it definitely that, did. Yeah, like like I definitely like when the ending hit, I was kind of like, that's the ending. And I don't know if it was just how Schlack normally is, but even Schlack looked like Schlack didn't look happy with the way it ended. KTB didn't look happy with the with the way it ended. So no one really seemed to. I mean, and that was the thing too. It's like the ending was like, we get that we get that fucking huge like. They did the, the like the like the like the power slam type thing through the table that KTB's been doing, which was like is, is an awesome move. I love seeing him do that. Schlack no sells it, so the place fucking erupts. So I'm like at this point I'm standing up just fucking losing my mind about how good this is. Schlack takes like a little weirdly long time to pull the the bag out of his pocket, and then like five seconds later KTB's just like they go through that table and then it's done. And I'm like what the fuck? That was it? Like that was the match? Uh, so that was kind of a letdown for me too. I was I was super excited about it. it. It definitely left me wanting a lot more. But what 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 happened during the match didn't bore me too bad. The match honestly didn't go on long enough to bore me personally. But I was also there for it. Um, so I guess we'll move on to the next match. You guys are I'm I'm talking so goddamn much. So please, you are put- talking. You were the one who was there though. So that's kind of why that makes sense. Because I don't have as good of memory of this show because I just kind of watched it on fight. All right, like, yeah. you were there, and so it makes sense that you remember it better than we would, and that's why you're talking so much. All you right, also just talk a ton. It's no big deal. Yeah. Well, and you're and gonna honest- fight. Oh, Go ahead. Shit. Honestly, I kind of half-assed watching this show. Like, I have nothing for this next match. I didn't watch it. Uh, there was a couple I didn't watch, but uh, I mean, like, it was a good show altogether. But I there was just some stuff that I just skimmed straight through. Yeah, okay, so watching this next match back, there is literally, if I didn't see it live, I would not remember a fucking thing from Grim Reefer versus Jordan Oliver. However, being there in person, Jordan Oliver got so much heat, and he reminded me of all of the kids in my high school that I fucking hated. So it was very fun to watch him. Uh, Have you guys ever seen, you guys have both seen the movie Waiting? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the kid who was, like, Andy Milanakis' friend, when they both have, like, the dreadlocks and smoke weed in the dumpster the whole time. Well, they both have the braids and smoke weed the whole time. That's what this guy reminds me of. Um, yeah, he's, he's like, a pretty good heel. I want him to definitely be a better wrestler, and I wish... I'm happy to see him in somewhere like GCW, because he's not bad. Like, this match wasn't bad. It just kind of was forgettable. It was any indie match I watch when I watch Shindies. Exactly. Like, yeah, and that's... It's, it's, it's not bad. Point. It's serviceable. Um, But I will say that, like, he had really fucking good heat um people were all over him they're making fun of him the whole time i was so mad because i i'm not i'm not a crowd comedian by any stretch but sometimes sometimes i i i i i get a good joke in there when it's quiet uh and we were right above uh we were right above jordan oliver 
and Grim Reaper grabs him by the by like the fucking like little pigtail braids thing he had going on. And I yelled the joke about the fact that Jordan Oliver had frosted tips. And everyone around me was fucking laughing. And I went back and rewatched it. You can't hear it because the people are talking over me. So I'm not going to GCW anymore. Fuck those fucking announcers. Um, <laughs> this but, was another This is another one. Um, for the most part, like when Alley Cat was on a couple of matches, it was good. GCW's commentary is awful. I yeah. like hate it. Uh, it. It's really, really bad. For the most part, it just sounds like people who are just super fucked up, which I'm sure that's what it is. They really are missing Janela. Because when Janela would do these, it was way better. Janela's uh, commentary was fucking incredible. And I can... Or when they get Nick Gage on. Get Nick Gage to come do commentary. Because it's funny when he's on there too. But the people they have announcing just seem disinterested in what's happening. And it makes me like kind of a little less interested. Just they because are... they're so disinterested. I watched everyone on this card basically smoke weed outside of the venue before, <laughs> like, before and during the show. So I can I prom- believe it. That's why it sounds like that. They all were just too high. Uh, I mean, I watched. I watched one. One. I won't. I won't name drop anyone because I'm not a snitch. But I watched someone be so high that they were turning weed away as they were trying to walk back into the building because they're like, "No, I, I will not be able to make it through the rest of the show if I keep smoking <laughs> at the rate that I'm smoking." <laughs> um, but I did. Please meet up text with, uh, me who that was. Anyways. All right, I'll, I'll, I'm texting it to you right now. Yeah, uh, send that to the to the little I, group. I, down, I am. Uh, but uh, we did meet up with uh, with Brendan. And uh, I met some dude there who was wearing a shirt. I, I sent it to you guys. It was a picture of a pig, and it said, uh, it, "It said, don't tread on me. I'm delicious." And uh, both of us, b- both me and Woller, were with Brendan and this guy, and they were both just so stoned out of their mind talking about uh, how much they love smoking weed and how they had like all these edibles and shit like that with them, and talking about doing dabs. Uh, so it was it was just mad funny watching them do that, and then also smoking up all these like random wrestlers during the fucking show. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Straight Edge next match is. Oh yeah, yeah. So Connor Cl- Straight Edge now. I am Straight Edge. Um, Fat Silvio broke Edge, so that's not a real person. Um, so no that's big true. deal. Anyways, the next Silvio match. Silvio shed the Edge Breaker and is now back to his thin Straight Edge self. I've lost more weight than I weigh currently. So technically, all of those cells that broke Edge are gone. It's science. Shut up. Anyways, um, the next match was actually kind of fun with someone that I wasn't expecting, to be honest with you. Um, but the next match started with Matt Tremont being handed his plaque for being a deathmatch fucking legend, which we all knew, but um, definitely something for him getting inducted into the Hall of Fame that they did versus Connor Claxton. I normally hate Connor Claxton. I actually liked him in this match. I thought this was really fun. It was just kind of a basic, simple, nothing too crazy indie deathmatch. Um, yeah, I, uh, okay, so obviously the dildo spot was mad funny, uh, like, Tremont shoving the dildo down, uh, Connor Claxton's mouth, and then everyone chanting, he sucks dick, and then, uh, (laughs) everyone, everyone in the section next to me making sure that everyone knew that that was okay to do, that you were allowed to suck dick as a man, as if anyone there was in denial that that was okay, um, but, uh, other than that, I thought the, the, I, I thought the uh, the soda water spots were fucking hysterical. Like, Connor Claxton is getting behind the bar and continually spraying Matt Tremont in the face with water. Um, that was my favorite thing that they did the entire match. Oh, and they did the, uh, they did, <laughs> it was, fu- okay, so the, they went into the bathroom and, like, they did a spot where it looked, it looked like he gave him a swirly or some shit. But what was funny uh, was uh, right before that match, 
Wohler ran into Connor Claxton in the bathroom, and Connor Claxton was pushing uh, people out of the way of the sink so that he could go and like wet his hair more so he could get like nice and like he could already look wet before he got to the ring. He's like, yeah, it's really hot out here, so I'm just trying to make sure I look nice and greased up for the match. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but I'm, yeah, turning, I'm turning the page on Connor Claxton. I didn't like him for a long time. I've seen a couple things for him lately. I watched a little Tournament of Death. I need to finish it. Um, but I've kind of turned the page on him. I used to think he was boring. I'm starting to like him a little bit more. I'll, I guess I can say that. He he can draw heat like a motherfucker, and and I I respect that for him. But like you said, like I've obviously like like him in Tournament of Death has been like a is like a now at this point like a three year long storyline, or uh, so it's like it's like. It, it, it just it runs dry like a lot of Connor. it's like Connor claxton is like a guy who's been in ccw now through all this bullshit and he's still not like their top guy he's still not like i mean he still isn't doing anything to impress me so it's like i i feel like he should have stepped his game up as ccw started falling and needed someone to help them up and he just never did and now he's just in gcw as like kind of just another guy um but i i agree he's he's definitely on the upswing but I don't know. He's becoming a fat deathmatch brawler. You know, like that's a pretty hard thing to fuck up. So he uh, he yeah. gave up being like a technically sound wrestler and is now just a fat deathmatch brawler. And I, I I put respect on that. Yeah, honestly, I've always kind of like Connor Claxton. Like I'm definitely in the minority on that, but I think he's pretty sick. He's always yeah. been willing to take some like really cool spots, and his matches were never super bad. I just think the American indie like. Deathmatch style is starting to go towards the way of Japan currently, where it's people who are really good wrestlers doing deathmatches, and I feel like he kind of got trapped in the middle because he's not a bad wrestler, but he's not a great wrestler. So he kind of used deathmatch spots to kind of get over more, and I think he's kind of having trouble finding where he should go from there. Basically, I think it's kind of similar to Jimmy Havoc, honestly, um, but Jimmy Havoc kind of has more of a unique look, which I think helps him, but. We'll see. I think I definitely see a better future for Connor Claxton. The more he does GCW, I think the more it's going to help him. Just being stuck in CZW right now is kind of a death sentence. I agree with that. And I will also say that, like, basically the way I view Claxton is that he's got... uh, I don't think that his floor and ceiling are very far apart for matches. So that's been my issue. Like, I never go into a... a, I never finish a Claxton match and think, wow, that was a piece of shit. I wish I didn't watch it. But I never... I never am like, oh, that fucking claxton match man that was that was my shit like he's just always like right there in the middle um and also he doesn't even carry out he doesn't carry around his big ass wrench wrench anymore where the fuck did the big ass wrench go that was like his gimmick yeah i'm happy that's gone i thought that was goofy nah dude speak softly and carry a big ass wrench yeah it was pretty sick honestly yeah but yeah this match was sick as fuck um huge fan of the pop cam board uh, I'm currently downing some Dr. Shasta's so I can finish up the board for Time Bomb. Please uh, donate uh, money to Eric. Can't afford uh, real soda. We're going to stop this right now. So this is a giant pet peeve of mine. Why in the world are you calling it pop? What word, What phrase do you ever shorten where you take the second part of a two-word thing? It's soda <laughs> pop. Why would you call it the second word? I've never understood this. You know, Silvio, that's a great question, and, uh, before we get to that, I'd just like to lead into uh, one of our friends, Olive Garden. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so we're, anyways, <laughs> moving on. Um, the next match is a singles match 
Wait, no, so I want to you had to say about the about the death. No, 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 no. We're good. It is uh, Jimmy Lloyd versus Ophidian. Okay, uh, I'm the guest here. Exactly. So we cut you off. The guest doesn't matter. That's how this works here. Bro, Anyways. he's drinking Shasta. He needs this. He needs this publicity to get some money in his pocket. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's genuinely fair. <laughs> get this man some real soda, some Dr Pepper. Like, come on, step it up. Dr Publix. Shout out to Sal. That's just better than regular Dr. Pepper. I'll die we on We had that one time with, um, I'm going to go on a tangent here, but it leads to a funny story. We had, uh, my roommate Christian was not having a great day when Sal was here. It was shocker. We were just annoying the fuck out of him, I think is what happened. Christian, like, looked at me and was like, can you guys just go get me, like, some Dr. Pepper, and they're going to be at Publix. We went, sure. So we came back, and we gave him a bottle of Dr. Publix. And I've just <laughs> never seen, like, a more disappointed person ever. He was just like, I asked for Dr. Pepper. We're like, dude, it's Dr. Publix. the same thing. He was like, uh, and he just, like, let out this really deep sigh, like, of just disappointment. And uh, he's never been that disappointed in me before, so it, it stung forever. But, uh, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk Ophidian and Jimmy Lloyd. Uh, I I honestly, like, okay, so I stayed inside, and I was, like, think my, I stayed inside thinking, like, it's fine. They're going to go out and record them fighting in the street, and I'll just get to watch it back. And then it turns out they didn't follow them outside. So uh, I have no idea what happened for at least half of this match. However, I do think that this gimmick that Jimmy Lloyd has now developed in his last two GCW matches, where he is stupid enough to be hypnotized by anybody, is fucking hilarious um because it was like sasuke hypnotized him got him to do this shit and then uh also this this was okay so this match came at came right after the intermission so after the like during the intermission like i said everybody was outside smoking weed besides me because i'm straight edge uh and better than everybody so i'm out there and watching everyone get high as shit and friend of the show brendan is just like gone and he's standing right at the base of the steps for voltage. He's in a, he's in a white rock bottom shirt. If you guys go back and re, and rewatch the show. I was wondering who was wearing that one. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the USA one. They put that's that out the during USA the shirt, Yeah. So the second that fucking Bruno Mars hits, I look over at Waller and Waller's both of his hands go up and he just has that like look of like dumbfoundedness on his face. And Brendan was staring at the ring like this was the craziest thing he'd ever seen in his entire life. <laughs> Cuz they just started playing Bruno Mars and they started dancing. Um, and dude, that I thought that I thought coming off of that, knowing how fucking high everybody was, that was the funniest way they could have came back. Um, but like I said, I missed most of the matches. A lot of the good spots happened outside, but I I was shocked that Ophidian got the win in this match. Like, I thought that was crazy. I I did too. I, if this means that we're getting an Ophidian push, fucking I am here for it because I love that guy. Uh, you guys know that clip with like from CZW with the like. Uh, hypnotism with, like, Joe Gacy and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so in my... It would be 11th grade English class. Our teacher just, like, randomly showed us that video. So, like, we're just watching CZW in English class. And uh, ever <laughs> since then, I've just been in love with the hypnotism gimmick. Honestly, it's probably the coolest <laughs> shit ever. And Jimmy Lloyd doing it was perfect. Yeah. I, I love that, but... um. And like I thought, he I thought him with Sasuke was hilarious when he did it. But I, I, I mean, this one was even better. They were fucking dancing and doing all like doing. They had like a strip dance off. That shit was so funny. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think Ophidian's matches. I don't know if everyone feels this way, but I think every Ophidian match in GCW so far has been a home run. I, I, I think he's been fucking killing it, and I hope he gets pushed. 
because I really have enjoyed him so far on this. Uh, you guys got anything else on this match? No, that's it for me. I definitely just one more thing with Ophidian. I think he is just so technically sound, it's insane. Like, he definitely botches and messes up sometimes, but everything he does looks so effortless, and I think it's what makes his matches so cool. I know yeah. he's a trainer at the Wrestle Factory, and, like, he's been with Quack a bunch, so it makes sense. But it's just, he really wrestles such this, like, cool, precise, but weird style at the same time that just so, it looks, everything, I don't know, there's no, like, stutter step or anything. It's, like, every movement he makes just looks like it has a purpose, and it's really, really cool to see. It's, like, a very good mix of a Lucha style and an American style. I would love to see him wrestle in way more places. He's been popping up on a lot of the indies, but he's definitely someone I feel like is just, in general, underutilized. He's really talented. And I think he sometimes gets overlooked. But this is a fun match. I was happy to see it. Yeah, I think he's a guy who has, like, the potential breakout. He he, he could at any point be, get, become, like, a potential breakout indie guy. Um, and I just feel like at this point it's just kind of, like, inevitable, like, given how good his matches have been. Also just want to throw out right now that it's uh, starting to storm here. So if I end up losing power, you know, so just, just give me Ooh, that. Oh, we just heard that thunder. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's that was crazy. That was loud. That was some Florida thunder, but you're in yeah, uh, Philly, no, so I don't know how that it's happened. It's crazy. So it was, it's been 90-plus uh, degrees this whole week, and I can't run my air conditioner in this room when we're recording. So I'm just sitting in this little hot box, and now it is uh, you know, about to storm. So it's, 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 it's pretty fun for me over here. But, it's uh, going to be like on this day, the day that you almost died for that yeah. impact taping, you might die again oh, for the podcast. This is the two-year anniversary of me this almost the, dying at impact. The two-year anniversary. Have we told you that story, Eric? I don't yeah, think we, you, you told we it did. on the last podcast. Did we actually? That's hilarious. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my brain is fucking We talk terrible. about it all the time. Also, so go I'm listen scared. to the last one with Eric, and uh, you I can know, find out about how Travis almost died. This year's anniversary. Uh, I know. Just throwing it out there. This, this year's anniversary is going to be a good card. But let's move on to the uh, to the next match. Uh, Dan Moff and Matt Justice. Uh, I thought this was the match of the night. I think everyone's probably going to agree with me. Uh, this match was so fucking crazy. Uh, Dan Moff has this, like, realness to his matches that, like... I mean, like, obviously there was the Dickinson match, but, like, when he just fucking said, fuck this shit and grabbed Matt Justice and threw him clean out of the ring, uh, that everyone was like, holy shit, like, this is a real fight now. And then Justice obviously coming off of the uh, the balcony uh, will, is just – I don't know how the fuck this man is alive because this is like – he's done this shit two times in the same month now. Like he's a madman, and I feel like Justice is now breaking out, and I, I, I enjoy seeing that. I always enjoy anyone to, anyone who has a hate pre rip. I love seeing them become popular. Um, but, yeah, this was, my, this was my favorite match on the card. Um, that, those are like the, the big highlights for it. Obviously, there was a couple more table spots. But those two things are like the things that really shine for me. And I, uh, I want to see Moff keep getting pushed. This, I, I, this is my fantasy booking for GCW. Uh, I want to see Moff keep getting pushed, and then I want to see him beat Gage, become the champion, and then all of his matches just have this like crazy like shoot fight feel to them. Because I think him and Gage will be an amazing match. And then I think that anything that he does, because he could become like the GCW monster. He has the fucking size for it. He has the toughness for it. He has the attitude for it. I think he would be a really cool, like, monster uh, champion for this 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 company. And maybe that's just me, but that's what I want to see happen. Hear me out. KTB brings a face paint back and uh, does that instead. 
I mean, that one's a little less believable because so many people like. I'm being serious. I think I think people would I would really fucking go for that gimmick because Dan Moff is just like he just looks like a fucking lunatic when he's wrestling. It's so cool. That's but, fair. Uh, Justice is a fucking psychopath. His match with uh, Dickinson from Beyond, which everyone should also watch, uh, his head just like bounces off the floor like three or four times, and the floor is just like hardwood. Like there's just multiple times in the matches where his head just bounces. Like you can see it, and it's crazy. Like every match he's in, just something fucking absurd happens in it. It's kind of similar to we're gonna get into it with Fighter Fest, but a lot of people are say that like Darby Allen always does something crazy or jumps off the highest thing, or even people be say like when you're gonna go see Ibushi, they'll be like, what is he gonna do a backflip off? Those guys don't really seem to do that stuff anymore, and Justice legitimately does that all the time. The dude has a straight-up death wish. Like, he just keeps doing all this stupid shit, and I'm all about it. Uh, fuck safety fans or safety officers or whatever the fuck you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, the people that Virtual Pros talks about where they want people to wear helmets, uh, fuck all of them. You're all pussies. Um, wrestling needs to be dangerous. Shit's cool as fuck. Yeah, I agree with that. With all of that. Um, I, I think, I and mean, we'll talk about the safety office when we get to that Cody match, but we've already talked, we talked about with, uh, Naito and, and Ibushi, uh, I think the last episode we did, and it's just like, they're just fucking annoying, and like, like I tweeted out, like, if, if you don't, like, none of us, you're not being forced at gunpoint, it's like, it's not like, watch this death match, or I'm not, not watch this wrestling match, or I'm gonna kill your family, it's like, if you, <laughs> if you don't wanna fucking watch it, turn it off, like, who fucking cares, like, we like it. Cody Rhodes is the vice president at fucking company. I'm sure he's probably made that call. I'm sure he's fine with it. So if he's fine with it, you should be too. Stop being a fucking moron. Don't watch it if you don't like it. Uh, crushed up. I don't fucking even feel like talking about. It sucked so bad. Colby Carino is terrible. Like, literally, he's horrible at wrestling. Ruckus was cool to see, but, like, I don't know. Ruckus was kind of like he was taking the night off. Um, but, like... He did a couple cool-ass spots. But like Ruckus yeah. always does these, like, weird, like, unorthodox shit where you're just like, why are you doing this? But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, this is dope. Yeah, no, I agree. Ruckus was, like, cool to see. But, like, he's I, you know, he's, he's kind of hefty at this point. He's not he's not giving it all the whole time. He does some cool spots. Like, dude, the, the, the ending of this match, what a piece of shit that was. Like, Ruckus hits a, hits a fucking move. I forget what it even was. Uh, Colby Carino like roll does a roll up immediately. Ruckus's both shoulders are clearly off the mat, and he's trying to like stand up, and they count the three, and it ends. And then Colby Carino just says some bullshit about his dad because it's the only thing he has going for him. Calls out Homicide, who like well, legitimately is going to stab him one day, and it's just like dude, shut up! Like nobody fucking cares. Uh, so if you guys have some shit to say about this match, feel free. But I fucking hated this. No, it was just Ruckus did some cool stuff, but overall it was a bad match. Uh, my thoughts on Colby Carino, he should walk out to AFI, and as soon as the song is done, just go to the back. I agree. <laughs> I also was the only person singing along to that song. And That's... if anyone knows me, I am not an AFI fan. Uh, so the fact that I was the only one singing along to this AFI song is, like, shocking to me. Especially yeah. because at, uh, so I, I don't know if he comes out to this at everything, but, uh, Hornswoggle would come out to newfound glory all of wrestlemania weekend yep. and people people sang every word to that goddamn song this the music would stop and it would still keep fucking singing it and it's like you motherfuckers don't know afi you kidding me what the fuck dude so, that's how it was at wrestlepalooza too do you hear how loud it's raining yeah it's yeah. very loud 
It's not like so loud that I think it's oh, we should stop loud, but it's definitely loud as hell. Um, I, I yeah, I'm trying to like move my laptop further away from the 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 wall. Like I mean, but like yeah, it's just fucking pouring. Um, all right. So then the main event. Uh, I I, I got to point out real quick before we talk about the main event that uh, I was sitting next to Nick Gage's wife for this whole match. <laughs> um, so. The, <laughs> Whole, I didn't know he had a wife until you texted me that. Yeah, you can you can always see him and his wife like leaving after shows, and it's mad funny because Nick Gage is wearing what I would assume to be at least a three XL sweatpant and a big ass hoodie. Uh, but he was so the whole time he's wrestling, she's like, "Come on, babe, you got this, babe. Oh, come on, babe." And it's like I, I couldn't tell if she like straight up didn't know what was gonna happen or what the fuck was going on. But like Nick Gage's wife sold me. I was invested on making sure Nick Gage won this match. But I really fucking thought that, that Tony Deppin was going to take this. Um, like, I didn't think so going into it. But during the match, I like they had me sold that Deppin was, was going over that night and that they were just going to piss off everybody. Um, I thought this was, like, one of the better, like, true wrestling performances Nick Gage has had. Uh, and Tony Deppin, for that matter. I thought they both put on, like, a fucking great match. Um, Tony Deppin yelling, Nicholas Cage national treasure in the mic- I mean, into the TV when they started. <laughs> he's like, he's a fucking national treasure. <laughs> That shit, that shit was so funny, but um, yeah, I loved this match. I thought that uh, that they made it feel so believable that Deppin was going to win the match that like I haven't felt like that with any of the other title defenses besides Schlack. So kudos to them. Yeah, Deppin's two for two on Voltage Lounge main events. Him with Janello was really good at uh, I think that was oh my god, I can't remember the name of it. But that was the other Voltage Lounge show, the last one, that it had something to do with money, and I can't remember it now. But that yeah, match that was, was really good. With, but that was the one that had to do with the, 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 the police. It was... Uh, Crime Wave. Crime Wave. There we it, go. Yeah. That main event, that was good. And that show overall was kind of lacking, but that main event was super, super good. But um, this is another one. Deppin is amazing. He's really great. Um, no one is watching him in Chikara, but he's having really fun matches there, too. He, all around, is just a super, super good wrestler. Obviously, anyone with a brain is saying that he probably is the next like breakout guy everywhere. It's he should be everywhere. He should be wrestling everywhere. He rocks. He's a good heel, and he can actually wrestle. I wouldn't give it very long before he's in AEW. Honestly, I think it would fit really, really well. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Um, I think he would. I mean, honestly, I know that this isn't what people want to hear, but I think he would do well on Impact as well. Uh, because Impact kind of lacks guys with like a lot of like funny character like that, um, so I think I think I think they could really use a guy like that. He'd be he'd be like a good palate cleanser for Impact, but I don't see him going there. I don't see anybody going there really. I can't believe anyone is re-signing to Impact, but uh, but yeah, I think he'd be I think he'd be a good fit there too. Um, I can see that. But I also want to point out that King of Trios is in my hometown of Reading, Pennsylvania this year. Uh, so I kind of want to go, I'm, but I honestly have no idea where they're going to run. I know they were just doing a Chikara like thing where they were only running like minor league baseball stadiums. Um, and I thought Did that they was not announce cool. the venue for so King I kind of want to just. Go- All I've seen is Reading, PA. I, I mean, okay. I, I haven't really dove too deep into like seeing if they have if they have or not, but I'm I'm very interested to see like what what venue they end up running at because the first wrestling show I ever bought a ticket to was uh impact had started touring in 2008 and i saw impact uh with like it was like that was like black machismo jay lethal era like shark boy was there samoa joe was still there kurt angle was there 
and it was really cool but it was like weird because it was in like a theater because like reading doesn't have like venues that are like, cut out for wrestling besides like like high school gyms so i want to know if it's going to be either in a theater or if it's going to be in a high school gym because i feel like those are the only two options unless they ran like there used to be a, that they used, they used to do uh like hardcore shows at this place called reverb that's where they have like east coast tsunami fest so i don't know if maybe they'll run there but i looked it up they have a venue it's called the goodwill beneficial association no fucking idea where that is yeah it looks like a random building uh it doesn't look like anything crazy but it it looks like a pretty large building from what i can see well, it's I like a, it's like a theater i i have it like pulled up it looks like a little theater oh there's karate says Reading Karate at the top really big. So it's probably a gymnasium. It's probably like a boys and girls center, but just a different name. You know, I guess. The thing is, like, I want to, like, think, I want to say that sounds funny, but I can't because, like, Year Spent Cold's reunion show was literally in a dance hall with mirrors in it. So it's like, we've seen, we've seen weird shit here. So whatever, fuck it. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to a karate center to see Chikara because I know Honestly, that I, it has um Jordan Grace, Petey Williams, and Scott Steiner as a team. So yeah. I feel like that alone should sell you. Deppin, Deppin just declared himself in it, too, with uh, yeah. Team Fist. Yep. So I, I might go to that. I mean, any chance to see Scott Steiner? And honestly, even though Petey Williams is, like, kind of corny with his Blue Lives Matter bullshit, um, that's one of the only things I remember from that fucking night was, like, <laughs> is that I almost died and Petey Williams had a Blue Lives Matter Canadian flag. <laughs> yeah, I've never <laughs> seen anything like that before, and I've never seen it since. Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a spot fest giveaway where one lucky one lucky listener can win a Canadian Blue Lives Matter flag. <laughs> uh, use use hashtag spot fest Blue Lives Matter eight, <laughs> and uh, you will be registered. Jesus, we're gonna we're, we're gonna set it up too that when you tweet that it'll have the Canadian maple leaf come up behind. <laughs> yeah, 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 but it'll be blue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Back um, to the boys in blue, guys. Uh, yeah, I will say that that is one thing that I see substantially less of now that I don't live in Florida is that there's once you once I got to Philly, there was way fucking less Blue Lives Matter flags and Blue Lives Matter stickers on every car and shit. But they still exist just in much smaller doses. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's all we have to talk about from uh, Crushed Up. So let's move on to Fighter Fest. Uh, yeah, that's so- a great segue too. Um, so I was at Fighter Fest and uh, it was in wonderful Daytona Beach, Florida, where there are just confederate flags and blue lab matter flags legitimately everywhere if you ever wanted like a bikini or a swimsuit in the confederate flag it's there um it is everywhere i will say um we this year because i went last year to ceo new japan apparently there's some new like panhandling law they passed or something and i saw significantly less homeless people it was definitely a problem last year uh on twitter i still see like fighting game kids crying about it saying they felt unsafe but at that point, I just I'm curious if they've ever been to a major city because it, it was no worse than any major city I've ever been to. Like if someone asks you for money on the street, it doesn't mean they're about to stab you. Like grow up. But so that's that, really. I'm going to tell you a funny story about that when we're not on the podcast. Okay, I definitely will. But yeah, for the most part, it was cool. Uh, I was there for the whole weekend. I stayed for the actual like fighting game stuff, which was super fun. Um, it was really crazy to see. So where they did the venue for the wrestling, they actually ran the top eights for the fighting game tournaments. And the venue was packed out completely and just people losing their minds for every tiny hit, screaming when people won. And it was the first time I really understood that crossover they were going for because I get why fighting game fans would be 
fans of wrestling because they like have very similar reactions to stuff, um, which was cool to see. There was way more people than like CEO New Japan, even just for like the fighting game stuff. Like it was really cool. I don't know how. I don't think. I don't know. I wanted to touch on that a little bit, but the actual wrestling also was cool as hell. Um, the first match was a triple threat, and that triple threat was Private Party versus Best Friends versus SCU, which was Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. Uh, I don't know. You you guys both watched this match, right? Or did you not watch the buy-in? I just watched it earlier today. You did. Okay. I absolutely loved this match. Private Party is a super, super cool team uh, that I think wasn't getting enough love. They're basically just young, amazing red as a tag team. Yeah. In this match, they got a ton of spots. They got really over the crowd. The whole crowd was going absolutely nuts for them the entire time, which I loved. Uh, Best friends also have the funniest entrance and video I think ever. Like it's hard to like not laugh the entire time that happens. I didn't know it had the meow meow best friends. And when that happened, (laughs) I broke into laughter because like there's a cat on the screen and starts meowing. Super funny. Like I feel like that's comedy done right. Um, The SEU team was super good in this match too, but they're just both great guys. Scorpio Sky probably on one of the best like career paths I've seen. He kind of went from a guy that people liked and then he was kind of a nobody again. And then he just became huge all of a sudden. And SCU is so over in every building. I feel like I missed like two years of wrestling. I I feel like thank God you said that. Yeah. I feel like they're a team that like sometimes I'm just like, they seem like they've been around for 10 years of everyone loving SCU, but they just get these Create like some of the biggest reactions of the night just for the SCU chance, which is cool. I'm happy. I love all three of the guys, but uh, it was really, really crazy to see that. But uh, what did you guys think of the match? Uh, Eric, you go ahead and start. This was probably my second favorite match of the night behind that main event. Um, Private Party is fucking insane. Uh, I was going to say the Amazing Red comparison, but Silvio beat me to it. Uh, that's pretty spot on. Uh, these guys are when this like becomes an actual promotion that's pretty much all i gotta say about it um there's just endless spots that are fucking insane yeah i uh so i i obviously they they mentioned that uh they mentioned the amazing red comparison a bunch about them being trained and shit like during uh the the commentating but i felt like yeah i mean i felt like if you want to talk about a fucking breakout performance uh like private party fucking shined the whole time and they wrestle like a style of they, they wrestle what i could only say feels like an advanced version of the young bucks like style like that's the only other team i think that has as much chemistry like obviously lucha bros are literal brothers too but like i feel like young bucks have all these creative innovative moves that like where they work together and i think that private party is right up there with them when, when in terms of like on the fly moves together like actual tag team moves so i would love to see eventually get a private party versus young box match uh, i thought they looked great um i thought that the best friends looked really good too uh, and i was happy to see them get the win i still can't believe that scu is as over as they are because silvio said hey i want you to like them i i was never i mean i like scorpio sky i think kazarian fucking sucks and i've never liked him <laughs> Uh, I think he's so goddamn annoying too. His music, I think, is the, some of the most cringe shit I've ever heard. He makes really bad music. That is, I'm not gonna like let that man get away with that. His band is fucking atrocious. Yeah, I just, they've been good. Like, amazing. I like them as a tag team. 
Yeah. Oh, him and Daniels. Like, I liked when they were tag teams in both you, ROH and in okay. Impact. Maybe I'm the only one who put this connection together, but Christopher Daniels' gimmick then was that he was just a fucking Nazi. <laughs> he just came out in Nazi gear. It's definitely not what the gimmick was all right, at all, all right. but, but Don't sure. Don't fucking look up what, 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 when he came out as like some like ring general shit. Yes, was it was the ring up. general. He was dressed like a general. Like from Why does it have to be a Nazi? Like It's what every general dressed like. Not yeah, every I don't general know, in, in Germany in 1942. I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to throw out. We're really going to shit on Christopher Daniels right now. I'm, I'm going to defend my man. I don't think that was a Nazi move. Listen, he okay. should have stayed Curry Man forever. Let's just call it what it is. Hey, listen, I, I wish he did. But Which is crazy. <laughs> Before this match was like one of the first times he ever mentioned he was Curry Man. He's always been like really good about never saying it. He but when he talked when he talked about the lead up to the match with Simo, which we'll get into, I want to go over the other um, buy-in matches. But when he talked about it in the lead up, he actually mentioned Curry Man, which he like never does, which I thought was kind of like a cool little thing that he's finally understanding he's kind of in the late era of his career and like actually talking about it. Every time I saw the Ascension, no, not Ascension. What, what the fuck were they? The, the addiction. The addiction. Yeah. Uh, every time I saw the addiction, someone would start, and this was always like the when, whenever Ring of Honor was at the twenty three hundred, someone would start a Curry Man chant, and he would just look visibly bummed that people were chanting that, and I, I always kind of felt bad. But I mean, I like Daniels was at that that TNA show I saw in two thousand eight, so I, I've I've liked Daniels for a long time. I just thought it was weird when I saw him in uh, traditional 1940s Nazi gear and he was cheering <laughs> for it. Um, All so, right. Anyways, moving on to the next match. Oh, wait, real quick, I want, you, you talked about the Best Friends music, and I just wanted to address that too. It sounded like all of the music on this show was like more developed for the character, where like, it, it, like, I, I felt like not all the music – okay, some of them was the same. Like Obviously, Cody's music was the same. But, like, there were definitely people who came out, and I was like, I do not think this was your song last time. This sounds like – but this, like, fits better. So I, I, was, I was happy to see that. Like, it's, like, it's, like the music sounded like, like they stepped it up, and it was more like it fit everyone better. Yeah, uh, they're definitely trying to get the themes down so they have their own ones that are licensed out, which yeah. is a bummer in some cases because there's some people uh, – there's one later I'll probably talk about that kind of has an iconic song that I was kind of bummed didn't. I, I had heard a rumor they got it licensed, so I was actually really bummed. That they didn't, but, but I, would, um, I thought, yeah, and we'll we'll talk about one match. Right, what I just said, I think, was really apparent for, with the entrances. But yeah, let's move on to the next match. Yeah, the next match. I'm trying to remember. Was it the hardcore match next, or was it the? I don't know. This isn't like no, here. the the librarian match was. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's move on to the next match. Yeah, do we really have to talk about this? No, yeah. the librarian sucks ass. It is probably the one of the only like really bad things AEW is doing right now. I want to know who came up with it and, like, why they're just going so hard with it. I like Leva Bates. I'm probably one of the few. I think she's fine. I just think it's a really weird thing to do, and I didn't like that it was Allie in this match. I just think the two of them are people that really live and die on who they're wrestling, and they're both not good enough to wrestle each other, if that makes sense. Like, it's not, yeah. it, it wasn't going to be a good match, and I knew it immediately. I would have loved if it was Kylie Ray instead, which was kind of what ITV leaked, but there must apparently there was some issue with that. But I don't know, like, that was the whole thing with this match. I feel like I spent half the time being bummed out that I wasn't getting to see Kylie Ray. Yeah, talk about a way to cool off a hot crowd. Uh, that's the only thing I can say with this match, is that's all it did, and the librarian feels like some, like, 93 WWF bullshit. I don't know why the fuck they're doing it. Yeah, when you move on to the next match, this is a match that I think I've seen the dumbest fucking takes on ever. Um <laughs> 
just maybe uh, the sixth man has the actual worst take I've ever seen. But this one had a really dumb take, which was people were mad about the video game references. And I just want to like quickly, Wait. you know, get a couple things. This is the hardcore match. Oh, okay. Was, yeah. So we're, so which, we're talking Jabali and Nakazawa yes. now. Jabali versus Nakazawa. So I just want to get this started. So Nakazawa, a DDT comedy wrestler, is fighting Alex Jabali, someone who isn't really a wrestler. He just runs fighting game tournaments and is friends with Kenny Omega. And somehow, these guys had the fucking audacity to play to the crowd that was filled with fighting game pros and fighting game fans and uh, do things such as use a fighting stick during part of it. Uh, I don't fucking get why people thought... Like, there's a couple things that happened. I'm probably going to freak out equally each time. Why did people care that they did video game references? Like, they're literally at a fighting game tournament. It's said, there's a guy, Golden Boy is an announcer for fighting games. Like, why did people give a shit about fighting game references? If anything, it was cool to see Justin Wong. It was cool to see Yipes going fucking crazy the whole show, which was really funny. Um, during this match, I was near another, he actually won the Mortal Kombat tournament, Sonic Fox, who was going absolutely nuts the entire time, too. This match was for the crowd there and for people who are fighting game fans more than anything. I just don't know why people thought that that was a bad thing. But I don't know what you guys thought about this match or if you even watched it, to be honest. Uh, this match was pretty cool. Honestly, uh, definitely had to be there live, I think. Um, Michael Nakazawa was in the DDT pool party like show. And I kind of think that was the woke version of the broke version of this match. So that's all I'm going to say about it. It was That's fair. Cool. Like, I don't, I'm not into, like, fighting games, so I guess I don't really know anything about Jabali, but I'm not going to be some fucking nerd who has to complain about everything. Like, it was it was cool. All right. I'm going to come in with a different take. I thought, uh, first of all, I think that Nakazawa... So we saw we saw him do the, the same spot with, like, the baby oil... And the the underwear, we saw him do that spot last year. He did the same, the exact same spot last year. I don't know if it was a dark match or not, but we we've we've seen it. So like, but I get that that's one of his things to go back to. But other than that, I thought for a guy who is legitimately not a pro wrestler, this was a pretty good match. Um, like, all like Jabali looked like comfortable in everything he was doing. Nakazawa sold everything. Uh, there was there was multiple competent actual wrestling moves, not just like chops and shit like that. Uh, Jabali didn't try and do, uh, old man, I watch UFC strikes like, you know, Chris Jericho and Shane McMahon are big on. So, uh, he did have the worst elbows I've ever seen, like right at the beginning of the match. I think he was just nervous, but he literally was like lightly tapping him with his forearm. And I thought that was super goofy, but that is my only complaint with the match. Like I'm not, again, I realized I just had a little bit of a rant. I'm not saying this is some must see match. I'm just saying, I don't get out why people are mad that, a guy who literally runs fighting game tournaments had a match who isn't a wrestler that referenced fighting games. It just and makes no sense. I, I straight up don't know jack shit about fighting games. I didn't catch any of the references, but like if we went, if we were to put uh, make a list of people who are not wrestlers having wrestling matches, this is like, I mean, he's not Stephen Amell, but like he was competent, you know, like he wasn't, he, he, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that that he should continue doing this or anything like that. But I'm saying like, he was better than Dennis Rodman, you know. I'll remember so, this match more than I remember the Armel Daniels match. Just being honest. 
Yeah, there we go. I thought more stuff happened in this match that was interesting. He was more interesting than, than, like, when Pete Rose, you know, gave it a couple shots with Kane. There you go. There we go. He didn't look look bad at all, honestly. Like, it wasn't, like, horrible by any means. I just was kind of, like, didn't really care. Yeah, I yeah which, is, which is fine. Like, if the takeaway from this match was people being like, it wasn't a good match, I don't think I would have gotten as upset. Like, I'm not yelling at people that this was, you have to like this. I just, it's the whole that, like, oh, they're so corny with these video game references. Why would you do this? And it's like, I put it into context. Like, give it give it a little bit of context and, like, it makes more sense. Yeah, people really don't like fun, but I will say this. Uh, probably not even a hot take. I'm going to say, I, I'm going to say it. I hope this goes viral. Alex Jabaley, I would watch him wrestle 10 more matches before I wanted to willingly watch another Colby Carino match. Uh, that's, there's not a disagree here. Yeah. Uh, Jabaley, like, Jabaley's actually a super nice dude. Uh, I think Colby Carino's probably a douchebag just from the yeah. way he looks. And Jabaley's so. funny. Like, Jabaley, like, he's funny when he's not wrestling. So it's like, dude, I mean, I don't understand. People people are just being haters about it. Um, His yeah, Twitter's a good follow. Yeah. So let's get on to the actual show. Yeah. So the actual show started with uh, a match I was really excited about because I feel like I'm one of the only people that uh, watched DGUSA and somehow didn't see Seema live during that time. But uh, this was Seema versus Christopher Daniels. Uh, I wanted this match to be better than it was. I probably willed myself into thinking this match was better than it was. But it was fine. It was fun. I think Sheba looked good. Christopher Daniels looked good. Nothing really memorable happened. It wasn't something that... It's not a match I think I'm going to go back and re-watch, but it was super cool to get to see him live personally, and that's my really big takeaway. It's two guys I like who had a good match, just nothing like that really peaked and was great, which for an opener, you also don't want it to be the best match of the show, so it makes sense. I, okay, I, I agree you don't want it to be like the best match of the show, but like, I don't know, like, I was expecting more. I thought, I thought this match was really fucking boring. It I was thought, slower than I really. That's what I was. Like, I was I expecting to be a lot so faster. slow. Like, I mean, okay. So, like, think back to like, remember, uh, who? Okay, so like the first match of Double or Nothing was that six man tag match. Not the best match on the show, obviously, but like one of the better matches on the show. And like, think back to Wrestle Kingdom, starting with fucking Abushi and Osprey. It's like, it's good to like get like a really not the best, but one of the better matches on. So I was expecting this to be one of the better matches on the show, and it just wasn't. It was like, it, it was, I, I don't know, it was like it was like when you see a band and they open with a new song. It was like, dude, like, well, I, there's nothing, like, I'm excited to see you, and now I'm just not getting anything out of this. Like, I thought this match was, like, just slow, and, like, it, I don't know, it did nothing for me. This was and the three-star special. Yeah, no, yeah. this was the three-star special for sure, and I wanted more out of this. I am still excited. I still think Shima Kenny Omega should be a good match at Fight for the yeah, Fallen. I agree with that. Like it didn't make me think less of either of them. I just there's so much history between them that I really was expecting more. Um, but I wasn't. I like this match finished and I wasn't bummed out. Like I still thought it was okay. It was just a little slower than either of the guys normally wrestle. For me, they painted him. They painted Shima as like such an innovator and everything. And then it was like I just didn't see. I didn't really get any of that from this match. Yeah. Yeah, this match kind of just under-delivered for me. Like, I didn't hate it, didn't love it. It's kind of in the middle, I guess. Yeah, like, it was a perfectly fine professional wrestling match. Yeah. Um, this I next thought- match... Uh, do you want to just flip to the next match, then? Yeah, but before, before we go on to that, um, I, Eddie sent this video in the... Uh, this video of Dolph Ziggler getting roasted by Kevin Owens on SmackDown. 
And this shit is so goddamn funny. Dolph Ziggler comes out and gets in the ring and starts trying to talk. And Kevin Owens goes, we know it was supposed to be you. It was supposed to be you eight years ago, and you dropped it. It was for a little bit. Then you messed it up. Now it's never going to happen again. Just let it go. And Dolph <laughs> Ziggler looks actually pissed off by this. Um, but yeah, specs. yeah I, I just had to bring that up because that, that shit's funny. Um, but, I mean, and, and you know, we're not going to talk about WWE on here, but that, that's funny. I, I, but whatever. We'll, we'll move on. What was the second match? The second match, um, this match was fucking awesome. I'm just, I can't even like say the names without being excited because I love this one so much. But this one was Rio versus Nyla Rose versus Yuka Sakazaki. Um, Nyla Rose came out with something people didn't catch that was actually a Killer Instinct cosplay, basically. Like her gear was for that fighting game. So that was cool right off the bat. Um, Unfortunately, seeing Nyla Rose live, you're going to deal with a bunch of fucking transphobes, and it's awful. Uh, it is the worst part of wrestling. If you're listening to this, just stop being a transphobe if you are. Like, there's no point. No one thinks you're funny that you're pointing out that it's a transit, that someone who is trans, basically. It is the worst take. One guy behind me going, well, it depends. Is she pre or post op? She's not gonna fuck you either way, you ugly fat idiot. But regardless, um, I'm just there we go. I'm just that gonna get that sick. out of the way because that was uh, dude the whole time. Like I I had to turn to the guy and be like, yo, knock it off. Like enough. He would not stop. And that was it's a bummer. She doesn't deserve that. And in this match, I feel like she showed why she should be here. Um, Yuka Sakazaki is probably like one of my top new favorite wrestlers. The noises she makes throughout matches are fucking hilarious. She looks like a JRPG character. Uh, she does super cool moves. Riho is, it's weird to say because she's small, but she does kind of more of like a power style is the best way I could put it. Joshi isn't really my shit, but um, I loved this match. It was basically Yuka and Rio just getting fucking tossed around by Nyla the whole time. And then at one point, Rio finally gets Nyla and it was like a cool shock. The whole, the crowd loved this. This might've been one of the most over matches in the crowd the entire night. Um, probably because the two smaller Asian girls kind of looked like a couple fighting game characters or, like I said, like a JRPG character. So I think that connected with the crowd really well. But this was a great showcase for Nyla, but also a great showcase for the other two. Uh, if you told me this was your match of the night, I would have a hard time arguing with you. This is probably my in my top three. Yeah, uh, I think it's mad funny that it was so over because it's like the, 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 the pinnacle of like... <laughs> guys loving gamer girls <laughs> like basically all, all these gamers who are like oh my god hot asian women but um aside from that i uh so going into this match i uh i, I think i was i don't know if i was texting you about it or i was texting someone about it but like i i, I want to see nyla rose in a position where she has a squash match or where she has like a, a big so nyla rose obviously wrestles an american women's wrestling style so i would like to see her wrestle with like someone else who does that like give me her an Alley. Give me her in Awesome Kong. Give me something. I mean, her in Awesome Kong would be fucking incredible. But give me something like that because I want I want to be exposed to this Joshi that they keep pushing and I just don't get a chance to. And I still felt like I didn't get all of that from this match. But that being said, that's my only critique for this match. I fucking loved it. I thought that they worked it amazing. Um, I thought that they that Yuka and Rio, when they would do their their one on one stuff, they uh, they got across like their styles very well while still uh, helping Nyla get over. Because I don't think that Nyla got over at all with the crowd and double or nothing. Like, 
Awesome Kong killed that shit for her. Yeah, I think she got kind of screwed over at Double or Nothing a little bit. And this match kind of felt like them going, okay, here you go. Yeah. Like, now did. show yourself, basically. And then and then Yuka and Ryo both still got to show themselves. I think, I, I personally think that Yuka was the star of the six-man uh, at Double or Nothing. And now I think Yuka is one is the absolute star of this match, too. Um, like, She's my favorite women's wrestler in the company. Like, no yeah. joke. I love her. Like, the the stuff that she does and adds, it, like, the yelling every time a move is about to happen, it's small, tiny little things that just make her super entertaining. Plus, she does crazy dives out of nowhere. Everything yeah. is very smooth. She moves, like, kind of weird. Like, the best way to describe it is I remember we were watching with a um, friend of the show, Bradley, who doesn't listen to this podcast, and I know it. Um, wow. That's, he, so... that's a call-out. But uh, he said she kind of like moves like almost like a fairy is the best way yes. to put it. Like something yeah, you'd imagine did. that. Oh. It's it's so cool to watch. Yeah, and that's the thing. So like I was watching it. I actually watched it with a friend of the show, my fiance Colby, and uh, we uh, she was like all about like um, how fucking cool you like Yuka looked the entire time. Like Yuka just she has such a fucking energy to her that is just so likable. Um, and, and she just, I don't know, I, I, I think she's going to be the breakout star of that division, so I'm excited for that. But uh, I thought, as a whole, this was, like, really good. I also do like seeing Rio do, like, the like the more, like, power style stuff, like you were saying. Um, but I, I hope, I hope at Fight for the Fall and we just get a one-on-one with Joshi, or even if we get a, a Joshi, just regular tag team, just give me actual, like, stop trying to sell me on this style and just show me it. Just give me it already. Yeah. Um, this match extremely athletic uh fucking nine stars here um i'm all about it turn aew just into a full-on joshi promotion uh that's all i gotta say i need to watch more actual like joshi promotions i've been i've been trying to watch more stardom um but i know that that's not like full on i don't think that's like full-on joshi i don't know yeah, it is stardom yeah. is stardom's like the big one Star- so- well, yeah. isn't isn't there also a promotion that's Joshi girls, or is that it's Sendai, it's Sendai girls? Sendai well, girls, yeah. So, so Stardom's the number one. Uh, not to, I'm not a Joshi expert by any means, and I sure as hell don't want to be one. Um, it just admit, but, admit now that it makes you horny, so you covered your bases. Yeah. So, um, the, girls, <laughs> the girls in AEW are coming from Tokyo Joshi Pro, which is owned by DDT. So, if you have the DDT streaming service, you also get Tokyo Joshi Pro. So, I highly recommend checking it out. That's good to know. I didn't know I could watch it through that. I might try to look up more matches from them because Joshi is something that I've never been interested in, mostly because everyone who tells me to watch Joshi is a creep. Um, Just it's the only way to put it. Like they're just kind of they come off creepy as me. The wrestling is actually really good. Um, AEW has shown me that. So it's definitely something I'm more interested in now. Um, A lot of people try to argue that it's not. But stardom is 100 percent made for creeps. Um, there's just no, like, I don't know if you watched that episode of the wrestlers that they just did about stardom. Heard about that. Yeah. It pretty much showed like, even in Japan, it's for fucking creeps. Like, I don't know. I think that company gives Joshi, like Joshi a bad name, but honestly, it's just all like, you're going to get creeps and that stuff like through any promotion. So I kind of enjoy it for what it is. Like I try not to be a creep about it, but who fucking knows? Maybe I'm a male Joshi expert. Yeah, not to put you on the spot, but is there is there a better one for me to watch? Um, I'd say just watch Tokyo Joshi Pro. I mean, Stardom's good, but like, not to like be on some high horse, but that fucking the wrestlers episode made me really uncomfortable watching Stardom. Like, yeah, I've heard it's pretty creepy. 
And I mean, like, in the first place, like, stardom has, like, fucking, like, 14-year-old girls wrestling for them and stuff that, like, 30-year-old males, like, idolize, which is very strange. But yes. I don't know. It, it kind of just, like, was an outside looking in kind of thing where you're like, holy fuck, I actually enjoy this. And I kind of stopped watching after that. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I know. I mean, I just know that like a lot of like the big names that get signed come from like a lot of them have had like a, a long stint in stardom. So I was looking it up for that reason because I uh, I've been uh, I feel like I've been neglecting women's wrestling and I feel bad about that. So I've been trying to get more into it, um, but I just don't really know where to go other than like Shimmer. So yeah, I mean, uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro is the one I follow the most. I'm pretty sure DDT just did a show with Sendai Girls which is definitely worth checking out if you have the DDT service. Um, the other ones that I know about... Whatever I want. Uh, the other ones that I know about that I don't really watch as much are like Seed Lining, um, Ice Ribbon. Uh, there's more, but I can't remember them. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I know about. Like, I'm not an expert by any means, but definitely check out Tokyo Joshi Pro and Sendai Girls. All right. Well, I think we I think we've 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 covered this match enough now. So let's let's move on to the next one. Yeah, the next match was a four way match, which was Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus MJF. Uh, uh, go. You want to go? Well, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Okay, I'll go. So uh, MJF's promo at the beginning of this match just straight up put the rest of this match to shame. Uh, he's so fucking good on the mic. That the the when he was like, if I wanted to, if I wanted to hear your opinions, I'd watch the reruns of My Six Hundred Pound Life. Uh, that was legitimate. That was hysterical. Okay. I was dying at that. Apparently, they did they actually cut to James. No, they cut to uh, someone else. Um, Waller said they cut to James, and I that broke me. It might honestly, he might have been visible for a second. I don't remember seeing him though earlier. But uh, I uh, I okay, so I watched this like right after I got off work. So I, I was watching this about midnight. So it's probably like one thirty when this is going on. And uh, I was laughing so hard downstairs that I was afraid I was going to wake Colby up just from this fucking MJF promo. Like, that shit was so good. Um, but I I, uh, I kind of am bummed out. I feel like... Uh, so this is my take on the actual match. Uh, I felt like everyone was really excited to see what Jimmy Havoc and Jungle Boy were going to do in AEW. And so far, all they've done is be completely flat and not really like impress me whatsoever. And then, I mean... At Hangman Page, we talked about. I'm excited he's wrestling again. And MJF was good. The match was fine. I feel like I have a different take on this match from you. Yeah, yeah, hit us with uh, it. I think it might be, again, like, there's a live bias always, I feel like. And especially a show like this, I admittedly went in wanting to love it. So obviously that's going to help, too. And by this point of the show, I've been pretty satisfied. But, um... First thing that bummed me out was Jimmy Havoc not coming out to AFI. That's what I was talking about earlier. I had heard that they had licensed that, and now uh, they didn't, and it sucked. Wait, uh, did, which bummed you out more, though? Him not coming out to AFI or Jungle Boy not coming out to Tarzan Boy? I mean, I didn't expect him to come out to that. But that's what I want. I miss Tarzan Boy. <laughs> that's fair. Um, The other takeaway I have from this, so this match overall was fine. It wasn't, I'm not going to say it was some amazing, amazing match. Uh, I think at least for the live crowd, the whole Jungle Boy Luchasaurus thing was insanely over. Like, them as a tag team, I love and I want to see more of. I yeah. love they came out, like, on the shoulders and everything. I was sold on them. Like, I came away from this match more so being sold on them as a tag team than anything else, and they barely wrestled. 
I thought this is the best Jimmy Havoc has also looked for them. He looked like a real wrestler. His spots were pretty good, and he, like, during this match, I was like, oh, he kind of makes sense here. I could see him and Darby having, like, a little thing for a minute that could be kind of fun. Um, but, yeah, I thought it was an okay four-way. It could have been better, but it was kind of short, so it, it didn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, honestly, yeah, this was kind of forgettable. Like, I really have nothing to say about it. Yeah, I mean, this would have been okay. So, like, my my overarching theme of this show was that it felt like they were trying to establish like a little bit more story, which is which is good because it's like obviously you're gonna need that once you go on TV. But it just felt like they were treating this more like a B show. Like, like, oh yeah. And and I I felt like this match made that 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 feeling apparent. Like it wasn't just like story wise treated like a B show. It was like even like wrestlers were like, yeah, we don't we don't need to have a great match because like this show isn't like as important as like the bigger ones. And it's like I get that, but it's also your second show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, so that, it depends. That... You can see the people. I feel like the people on this show that you expected to have really good matches, had really good matches. Um, and the people that you kind of expected to kind of phone it in, phoned it in. That's my that is my big thing. Like, the Joshi girls and Nyla Rose really wanted to, like, throw themselves out there and show it. Darby, um, Lariato Kid, Moxley, and Janelle. Like, I feel like the people you knew were going to kind of give it their all regardless did. So as much as it was a B show, overall for this show, I think it followed through pretty well. We can definitely just kind of roll into the next match. Yeah, the net was the next match the Cody match. It was Cody versus Darby. Yeah. All right, you got who wants to start on this one? I can start on this one. Sure. Um, so we're gonna keep going with themes just because I think themes are super important. Cody's was super over, which I was kind of like I know it's normally kind of over. I wasn't expecting that crowd to be as into it as much and like singing along with it. It kind of threw me off. Um, and then Darby came out to his brand new song that's done by Wiccafes. Which Wiccafes is, I've gone on record saying I think it's some of the worst music I've heard in my life. Um, <laughs> Bro, what the fuck? Wiccafes is some of the worst music I've ever heard. It sounds like someone just completely barred out mumbling into a microphone. Like, it, it, like, it barely making any sense. Like, go back to making Tiger Shaw. But regardless. No, don't do that either. It's nor- first record rocks. Anyways, it's normally uh, really bad. This theme fit perfectly. I thought the theme for Darby was on point, and if Wiccafes always sounded like that song, I'd probably think it was good. Um, but it was really cool. Darby's entrance was just—he looked like a star from the entrance. Not only did he come out to a song that fit him really well, but with a body bag that said Cody one and one on it. From the minute he walked out, it kind of felt like Darby was an important person, and I really like that about this match. Uh, Darby doing the fucking coffin drop onto the apron was absurd. Unfortunately for me, it was on like the other side, so I didn't get to see it as much as I would have liked. Um, And they were doing the thing that I hate, but I understand, where they have these big screens over on the side, and sometimes they would show it. Uh, But I felt like I missed a lot of the show because they were afraid to kind of have that in the background, which I hate. Like, who cares that you have a screen up so people can see stuff they're missing. Like I would rather in the crowd, be able to see it kind of play to the crowd during production stuff. Uh, that was one thing I hated that in the man who is six foot five, who kept standing up in front of me. <laughs> and uh, instead of paying attention to the show, he just kept typing in a notes app. So he's some, I don't know, maybe he thinks he's some sort of journalist. So thank you for ruining my show. You tall bitch. Anyways. Um, 
for them, I loved that this went to a time limit just because I thought it was how they were going to go about it was confusing because it was kind of like Cody and Darby are both people who felt like they needed a win. Uh, but if you go to a time limit and it kind of was a grueling match that it worked, it was a little slow at times, but I thought this was a good job of kind of getting Darby over, um, showing that Brandy's just super hot, which, you know, we all know it's fine. And then Cody is a competent wrestler. He's, but it, it did kind of bring Cody a little bit back down to reality for the AEW crowd because he's not going to have matches like he had against Dustin all the time. Uh, I guess maybe I have a little bit different take. I, I had this is probably like, I had this is one of my favorite matches on the whole thing. I, I thought they were both excellent. I, I mean, I love that you have that take. I thought it was a little slow at times, but it definitely was a good match. Like this was one where I saw someone say this was like a two and a half star match. Um, and it's just, I've seen some of the worst wrestling takes on this show and it's probably well, people want skewed, this promotion to suck. It's kind of skewed my brain. The next one, um, when we get into the next match, I'm just going to say everyone, when you hear me start talking, just turn your speakers down a little bit, like just get ready and put it down a little bit. Cause I'm really fired up about one take I read about it. Um, but, um, I wouldn't fight you on that. I think this was in my top matches of the show for sure. Obviously, we, we've seen Darby do. Uh, we, we we've seen Darby and Cody have better matches, but I don't think that that makes this match like bad by any stretch. I thought they were. I thought it was really fucking good, and I also think that uh, like if if you were to like talk about like the high points of this whole show, it would be Private Party and Darby. Like they both left this show looking like absolute fucking stars. Um, so. I, I I mean, and that coffin spot was fucking terrifying. Uh, you could see James right after that. But, uh, yeah, I uh, I loved this match. I thought they looked good. The only thing that I didn't like was that they were, like, calling the the minutes, like, New Japan style so, so like, frequently that I knew it was going to go to a draw. Uh, that was That's, like, my only real critique for it is that, like, okay, yeah, I get it. You're going to do a draw. I know that halfway through. But they still they still had like a good compel. I thought the match was super compelling and good story. Um, so I, I got no complaints about it honestly. I didn't even think I didn't think it was slow or anything. And this is the pace I'm used to seeing Cody wrestle at. Uh, I loved this match. Um, first of all, Silvio, fuck you. Wickerface is sick. You're a little fucking bitch. Um, <laughs> dude, uh, dude Wickerface is so bad. It's like I was listening to it on the way down because I was talking to Audrey. And we were in the car, and I was like, yeah, Wicked Phase is the new song. And she had never heard it. So I was like, okay, we're going to go to Spotify, and we're just going to play the hits for you. And, like, every song starts, and I'm like, okay, this beat is really cool. I like what he's going for. And then he gets on and starts, like, doing whatever he thinks are vocals. I'm just like, fuck, man. Like, do anything else over this. All right, here's the thing real quick about Wicked Phase. Um, So when, when Wicked Phase first started, my friend Jonah, who is now Fantasy Camp, was the one who was making the beats for him and shit. And I think I think Fantasy Camp still does all the beats. Yeah, so he still like, does. Yeah, so I've known about Wicked Phase since the literal beginning. Like, I've been, I, like, so I, uh, I, I never was really a big fan, but I won't ever, like, openly talk shit on Wicked Phase and shit, like, specifically, because, like, first of all, Fantasy Camp, I think, is as a whole, much more enjoyable to listen to. Like, I saw Fantasy Camp with Wickaface, and I thought it was fine. But, uh, I mean, Wickaface was uh, pretty ahead of all of the other, like, people doing that shit now that I think are worse. But it's really not... It's not for me, but, like, there's definitely worse emo rap bullshit. Like, I would definitely rather listen to Wickaface than, like, Lil Peep or some bullshit like that. Like, I mean, I, I just... I, I, I mean, I can't do any of that, like, emo SoundCloud bullshit... 
um, Ghosty Man or whatever the fuck. I, that, that shit's just not. Ghosty <laughs> Man, you sound. You just sounded like the way you look. Wait, if anyone like has ever seen a picture of Travis, Travis always looks like he's out of a Polaroid from the '90s of a dad that's yeah. like on vacation and not having a good time. <laughs> like that's what Travis looks like in the Ghosty Man. Like legitimately, Dude. that's what my dad would say if he like okay. saw the name. Like, like Ghosty Man. Like, Obviously, Ghost Man is the name, but it's way funnier to just say Ghosty Manny because like, had, they don't like, need oh, to be there. Did you play the Ghosty Manny game on your Nintendo? Like straight yeah. up, you're a '90s dad. You guys like that that new rapper, Ghosty Manny? He sounds like broke inside. Uh, but anyways, continue, Eric. Uh, we will just not discuss music on this podcast because none of these, none of the music we're talking about is throwdown. So there's legitimately no point. But, there we uh, fucking yeah. go. Silvio's goddamn straight edge. He gets it. Yeah. So long story short, Silvio's a bitch. Um, onto the match. Uh, <laughs> this shit was cool. Um, I think it would have been very easy for them to just like get the cheap pops with like all the weapons and stuff, but like. Saving it for the main event was perfect. Um, obviously, Darby Allen is best at, like, the hardcore, like, deathmatch stuff. But this dude is probably the best, like, bumper in all of wrestling. Like, yeah. the way that dude can just flop himself around is horrifying but amazing. Uh, I can't wait for, like, All In 3, where fucking Zandig is going to throw him off of the roof of the Smith <laughs> Center. Uh, <laughs> so that's all I got to say about this. That's match. a great this fantasy is- book. Yeah, it was fucking great. Um, I think Darby Allen could get past. Like, I think he still has that whole like deathmatch stink with like mainstream wrestling fans like to him, and I think he could get off of it pretty quick. But obviously, everyone's gonna go after him about that fucking bump he took, which is stupid. Like, who fucking cares? It's his body. Like, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. So. He, Which like, I, this match, I was like, he looks like a... T- I didn't know he's only 22. Travis told me that, and that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. That means, like, because uh, there's a big thing with Darby, and I know I've talked about it before. I might have on this podcast, but he did backflips off the stage during 3 Knee Deep one year at FYA. Um, so I've always loved Darby since he did that. Uh, then I, like, found out about him as a wrestler, and when you watch him, even back then, he was a daredevil. But I think this match was a very good way of showing that, like, oh, this is a guy that can be a top guy. And it's what Evolve has wanted him to look like the entire time they've had him, but never really been able to peak with him, besides that Walter match. The reason that that happened with Evolve, though, is because Gabe Sapolsky is a bad booker, and he is a bad promoter, and people need to stop sucking his dick. Yep. I'm not going to argue that. He's so bad that he just had to give up and just let NXT take him over. Yeah, I mean, WWE is literally, like, just running that company, and he's just, like, out there, like, pretending to be a fucking booker, and he's, lo- and he's losing people because of it. Like, they had Darby there for, like, three or four years. They could never get him to sign to the main roster, and then he walked away, and he's arguably a bigger star now than he ever— I mean, he, not arguably. He's a bigger star now than he ever was before. He's definitely a bigger star. He's More had, people have seen him match. from this show, easily. Yeah. Um. So— Oh no, that shit was like I, I mean I I, I just I, I always hear on every podcast they talk about how Gabe Sapolsky's like deserves all this praise and I, I I'll just he ran ROH into the ground. He was like he shit with Evolve, like he sucks. So He has high peaks, but he has awful lows. He normally has been good about kind of building stuff back up, but he never built Evolve back up. Evolve lost a big stable of people and they really like they have some okay people, but he just it feels like he gave up. Like, he just took the WWE paycheck and was just like, fuck it. Evolve is whatever it is now. Yeah, that's what I think, too. But um, I don't really feel like talking about the chair shot shit. Do you guys? 
Um, not really. Uh, obviously, this is a podcast where we talk about a lot of death matches. So, like, a chair to the head isn't something that I really give a shit about. Um, it looked like a legitimate accident, obviously. Like, it, it wasn't supposed to go the way it went, but these are two consenting adults doing a job. So, I'm not here to critique them on what they think is safe and what isn't. It's not my fucking job. Bro, that's um, nice I, you're talking about porn. <laughs> it does. It really does. Like, and I get that, but, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like someone walked up and just hit Cody with a chair and afterwards was like, sorry, my bad. Like, it was an idea they had. They went through with it. It didn't go right, but who gives a fuck? Like, it's it's their job. Like, they're yeah. doing what they want to do. Wrestling is fake to everybody until it does something they don't like, and then wrestling's fucking real, and it's a shoot, and it's like, dude, fuck off. Just, like, we, we know that they plan this. Just who cares? I'm just more angry that I'm going to have to watch a Sean Spears-Cody match because I just don't think it's going to be good. Like, that, yeah. that's my takeaway from it. Like, I don't want the match. <sighs> yeah, Ty Dillinger, I mean... Sean Spears, whatever, his matches are just not compelling. Like, I like the gimmick. I thought the gimmick was fun in NXT. I, he debuted that gimmick at an NXT house show in Philly, um, and it, it wasn't over. because he, he And then he, he pulled out, like, a Big Ten sign, and nobody was fucking, like, caring. And then they took the, the referee took the Big Ten sign, and he was holding a little Ten sign behind it. And people just went apeshit for it. We exploded, and everyone was all about the Ten stuff. Then he finally debuts it, and everyone like loved it in NXT. But it's like there's just there's never been matches to follow it up, and now it's just like you I mean he's just not he's not going to be good in, in AEW with wrestling. I mean, maybe they'll find a way to make the character so good that people care about it, but like he's never going to give us like good matches. And yeah, but, I thought ahead. I thought the chair shot was cool as fuck, but it was wasted on someone I could fucking care less about, like that. I don't know. It, it was cool, and the match will probably be full because of the chair shot, but I just don't care. I swear to God, if Sean Spears interrupts the, the Cody and Dustin match at uh, fucking... Uh, I'm hopping the fucking barricade. Yeah, at Fight for the Fallen. I'm, I'm going to stab him. Put it, on, put it on record. If the police are looking for the person who did it, it was me. I stabbed Sean Spears because he interfered in that match. <laughs> God. Yeah, you know I he's going to get involved somehow. You just wished it onto the world. You just wished yeah. that evil onto the world. Yeah, it's it's going to be... It, it, that's, it's What's that, funny? I'm, totally, I'm also totally willing to eat shit on that comment of that I think it's going to be a bad match. I hope they prove me wrong, and I hope it's a good match. I didn't think Goldust versus Cody was going to be as good... Or Dustin versus Cody was going to be as good as it was. Yeah, now like, it's my favorite match of all time. Yeah, um, and I still stand by that. I was asked about that again by friend of the show, Dan. I still stand by that. I still think that was my match of the, like, one of my favorite matches ever. But uh, it's regardless. We, do you guys want to move to the next match? Real quick. Yeah. It's, ep it's episode 10. Like, we, this is the 10th one we've done, and Dan has listened to every single one. Dan texts me about every episode that we do. So thank you so much for listening, man. We appreciate it. We, it means the world to us. Keep texting me about it. I'll talk wrestling with you all goddamn day long. Just want to shout him out because... He straight up, since day one, has been a huge fan of the podcast. For sure. The best part with Dan, too, is, uh, so I hung out with him before the show because he was at this show with us. He didn't sit with us, but uh, we spent time around him. He remembers parts of this podcast that I don't, and it's hilarious. He's like, yeah, I remember when, like, you and Travis brought this up, and I'm like, no, I don't. So, like, <laughs> Dan is, like, a very hardcore fan, which I appreciate, Um any, we've already had a ton more people listen to this than I ever expected. Uh, nothing to do with Eric. Fuck Eric. Eric's a pussy. <laughs> but um, yeah, anyways, fuck Eric. the next match is a six-man tag match um, that the internet is has the worst takes in the world on. It is the Elite 
Keddy Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson and the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers and Lariato Kid. Um, I'm going to freak out about this match. So does anyone else want to start uh, before I start getting into it? No, I, ha- I still have not been able to successfully watch it. Yeah, dude, okay. go for it. I really haven't watched it in full. Okay, so um, this match fucking rocked. First of all, the Elite and Kenny Omega come out uh, as, or the Elite just in general, all come out as Street Fighter characters, and the crowd loses their fucking mind. Like, absolutely. I don't know, because I actually haven't watched this match back, but I don't know if that, like, carried over from uh, how it came out, but people went ape shit for this when this happened, especially Kenny coming out as the Kuma. That, like, really, really went over crazy, and they made fun of the Batista guy from that one. I think that was from a SmackDown of Kenny, like, coming over and hitting the move on him. But um, um, Yeah, yeah, people people did. It was a very loud reaction. I, I, I can at least attest to that. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, it was an unexpected thing, which it should have probably been expected. And again, this is – I'm going to get into the first stupid take of why they did this. They're at a fucking fighting game tournament. I watched the Street Fighter finals happen in that same match the next day – or the same ring – the next day that was completely for the crowd but anyways why is anyone freaking out about kenny omega dressing up as a video game character like he doesn't do shit like that at wrestle kingdoms every year like this year he didn't come out to a whole undertale theme and do a whole undertale video the year before he came out dressed like destiny for some weird fucking reason uh, it's a game i don't even think he plays but regardless i thought that shit was stupid but this match was sick uh this felt like a lariato kid showcase to me which i loved he was in the match from the beginning uh, and he had a lot of spots during it. He had a lot of offense, but he also got beat up a ton. The most memorable spots to me in this match were at one point in the corner, uh, Phoenix comes running and just gets fucking thrown over the top turnbuckle all the way to the outside, which absolutely lit the crowd apart. For the most part, um, the one take that really fucking pissed me off about this match was someone said that this was a bad match because they've seen these guys wrestle each other too much, and it, they don't care that it's athletic, it's not entertaining anymore. And um, that just hurts my brain, because how I just don't understand how you walk away from this match and you think this wasn't just something fucking awesome. It was a spot fest. They did a bunch of crazy-ass moves. It is Maybe it's moves you've seen before. Some of them are a little bit choreographed, because, shocker, it's Lucha Dudes, and Lucha looks a little more choreographed. But for the most part, this was a smooth... Really fun match. The end segment with Kenny Omega and Lariato Kid was awesome. I want to see that singles match. Like, I want to see those two guys wrestle each other. If that, if Kenny didn't already have the match with Sima and Fight for the Fallen, I'd be screaming that I want a Lariato Kid match. I hope he comes back uh, definitely throughout it. But yeah, I think I think that's everything I have for this match. It was really good. Uh, if you are tired of watching these matches, one take I said said that uh, or I read said that. They think TV is going to fail because they're just going to keep doing six-man matches like this and no one is going to care about them. Like New Japan doesn't constantly do six-man tags. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What little bits did you guys watch of it? Uh, so I had I, I did catch the ending with um, like the I caught some of the ending stretch, but with uh, with Omega ultimately doing the uh, the one-winged angel and pinning uh, Laredo Kid. So I hope that we get that like at some point. I I think that. I mean, I don't know how their business end works, but if I was if I was triple A, as they like to say on uh, all of all elite, even though everyone else in America calls it triple A, uh, but if if I was triple A, I would uh, try and book that for my Madison Square Garden show and sell some tickets because I think that would be the that would be perfect, like a, a perfect singles match for that show. 
But uh, other than that, yeah, I don't really have much. I, everything, I, I kept looking at my screen and seeing crazy shit, but it's just each time I've sat down to watch this match, I have something else that I'm, I'm focusing on, and it's just on in the background. So I want to sit down. I'm going to sit down and rewatch this match. I just haven't really gotten a, a, a good, honest playthrough yet with this. Yeah, I just watched like a quick like highlight of this match. Um, there was a shit ton of Canadian destroyers, so uh, yeah, seven stars for this match. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, there was a. I did see uh, a destroyer spot from the Young Bucks where I think it was. I think it was a. There was like one. Someone was like in as a commissioner, they had like a submission or some shit, and they did like a destroyer spot over someone. Like yeah, there get, was there was a lot of just crazy fast moving parts. This was a this. As I'm defending this match so hard, live, this was actually super hard to watch um, because oh, they were just kind of all over the place. And like I said, they were, weren't were using the top monitors or they would use them for like a spot and then cut them and stop using them. It was really, really annoying. Or a six foot five guy stood up in front of me. But um, it was this was a good match. I definitely think you guys should go back and watch it. Uh, that being said, I don't think this is my favorite match of the show, but it was really fucking good. I'm sure if I go back and rewatch it, it could have the potential to be my favorite match on the show. But like you said, it's just your traditional spot fest with them. Uh, it's not that not that, that it's like not not that that's a bad thing. Um, I'm sure I can go back and rewatch it, and I'll love every second of it. I just I just haven't got a chance to give it like an honest watch. That's all I really have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, we can move to the next match. I just talked a bunch, so if you want to take this one. Uh, yeah, so for the next match, we have to turn off all of the lights because this was not a sanctioned match. Uh, so we need everyone to know that this is not an AEW match. This is just an unsanctioned match with AEW refs going on in an AEW building, but this is not an AEW-sanctioned match. Um, thought that was pretty fucking corny. Made it feel like some like real gimmicky bullshit. Uh, but other than that, Joey Janela versus John Moxley was so fucking cool. Like... I w- the only this is gonna be some like real deathmatch cool shit. The only thing I wished for was more blood, but uh, I'll take like the getting getting multiple barbed wire board spots on a on a show of this magnitude just made my heart so warm. Uh, I the 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 tack spot where Joey Janellis has all of the fucking thumbtacks in his heels, that that shit made me wince. Um, but I I just I the superhuman shout out. I I loved everything about this. This was not surprisingly my favorite match on the show. Um, I there I everyone should go watch this. If you thought it was too violent, I saw people saying that there wasn't enough of a build to justify the violence, and it's like you're a fucking moron and you don't watch pro wrestling. Like you don't need to have a six month build to have a fucking death match. You just need to fucking feel like having a death match. Um, so I loved it. I was I was super into this match. I I thought it was so fucking good. What did you guys think? Uh, I was not expecting AEW to do some shit that would make me uncomfortable. Like, I watch, like, literally all I watch at this point is death matches. Uh, the shit with the feet, if you do anything with feet, it's gonna fucking bother me. Uh, that was awesome. Like you said, the superhuman shout-out, so sick. Um, I didn't believe, I couldn't believe they had barbed wire. Like, I definitely didn't think we were gonna see barbed wire. At this point, I wouldn't even be surprised if they pull out light tubes at a show, like, I think this. I was company, thinking that too. Yeah, this company is trying really hard to please everybody, and it's a good thing, and it might be a bad thing eventually. But right now, I am all about it. Um, this match was great. I hope they continue to do this stuff with Moxley. Like he can do his like matches with Omega and stuff, but 
fucking just make a deathmatch division in AEW, like, I would lose my goddamn mind. I don't see that happening. I would love it. But, yeah, this match, so there was a couple things. Like, during the, de- first of all, the people saying there wasn't a good build to this um, aren't paying attention to their YouTube page. And just, I understand that it, that is an extra step to take. But you can't say there was no build when you're not trying to consume everything about the match because they actually had a couple really cool videos and a couple really good promos leading into this. The whole idea was basically that Janela was saying that Moxley has gotten soft and basically things that Janela has done on the indies makes what Moxley used to do just kind of look like a fool. And that uh, Janela was kind of the new deathmatch guy and the new hardcore guy and Moxley couldn't hang with him basically. That's all the build you need for a match like that because it just kind of escalated up of Moxley showing, I'm going to do this, I'm going to keep doing this, and then Janela tried to keep up as well. And uh, I loved this match. This was also, unsurprisingly, my favorite match of the night. Of course, I'm a fucking ghoul. I wish there was glass. Um, I was, like, the whole time I was hoping for glass. Janela posted a picture earlier in the day of him with wearing white pants. And anytime I see a deathmatch dude wearing white, I just think there's going to be a crazy amount of blood. So I was kind of bummed that there was, wasn't, like, any blood in this match, really. Like, there was some because they got cut up from the barbed wire, but there wasn't, like, pools of blood, which I was kind of bummed about, but I understand. This went way further than I expected AEW to go. When he started pulling out the tacks and then started pulling off Janela's shoes, I was yelling. Like, I was so uncomfortable, and I didn't <laughs> expect that from this match. Like, in person, I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm just like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Like, you can't do this. Um, it was cool. The unsanctioned shit was so fucking stupid. Like, the cutting the lights was really dumb. If anything, I think a lot of the crowd thought someone was going to come out or some shit. Like, there was going to be some attack. Especially because yeah. earlier in the night, they did that with the Dark Order and Best Friends. Which, also hilarious that Super Smash Brothers were named after a video game character, but had to change their name on the video game show. But, um... I need to think of that. That's yeah. that is- <laughs> little little side note there. But yeah, this match was really cool. I'm excited to see... I think Tony Khan came out and said, like, this was a rare thing and they're not going to do this very frequently. But yeah, uh, I hope they do that. it anyways, no. and I hope he's lying. Because I just, I want to see Moxley, like, this would be a perfect type of deathmatch for, like, Jimmy Havoc. It doesn't get so crazy, like, because when Glass and stuff like that gets brought out, he kind of freaks out for the most part, unless he's in Big Japan, where he has good matches. But, um... I, I could see them having a pretty good one, but for the most part, this made me happy as a Deathmatch fan because it was, okay, this is a big company that at least, they had barbed wire, like a lot of barbed wire, and then the superhuman shout-out popped the fuck out of me. I was screaming. Um, yeah, this match was great. It was really fun. I It was better than I expected. Um, I also will agree that this would be good for Jimmy Havoc because there was no chairs really used, and Jimmy Havoc doesn't know how to use a chair in a deathmatch. So uh, that was that was very good to see. Um, I mean, that would, that would be a very good fit for him. There you go. There was a chair, though. There's a barbed wire chair. Yeah, there's a barbed wire chair, but he doesn't have to swing that hard, so he's good. Whereas, That's fair. You know, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not a Jimmy Havoc fan. He, he's just, he is just boring the shit out of me so far in AEW. Yeah, this uh-huh. is definitely match of the night. Yeah, I agree. To um, me, I feel like picking the second, my second favorite match is uh, harder. That's pretty much all I got to say about it. Oh, yeah, I'm uh, definitely going over the show. Uh, I think this was a better variety than Double or Nothing had, but not a better show. Double or Nothing was a better show. 
But uh, I like the variety of this show. I feel like you got a bunch of different styles that got to really kind of show themselves off. A couple matches that weren't super great that if they were better, I think it would have peaked a little higher. But overall, this is a super fun show, and I didn't regret kind of making a weekend trip down for it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I would say it, it seemed like it was, like, pretty goddamn fun uh, to be there. Like, every, every I, like the crowd was good the whole time, uh, which I don't think anyone thought it was going to not be. But it was, it was good to see that it was, like, still a, as good as we'd all hoped for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that about does it for, uh, for our, our review of the show. You guys got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, uh, so the, we only had, we don't have very much to talk about for the vegan segment, but, uh, we do have something to talk about for the vegan segment. We have one other thing real quick. This is a new segment we are debuting on this episode right here, right now. Okay. Uh, About this. I have come into superhuman skype account uh so what we are gonna do is we are gonna on air call superhuman and we're gonna see if he picks up or not it uh if you don't know superhuman i don't know what you're watching like how you have not seen superhuman at this point but superhuman essentially is this kid that just dives off shit in his backyard and uh slowly is just getting more and more insane with the stuff that he's doing eric you also look beautiful today by the way your video just popped up but um, Superhuman just keeps doing more and more insane shit. The last one he just did was he jumped off of his deck, which he always jumps off of, onto light tubes in a trash can. But the trash can, like, compacted in, so he just fell into all of the glass. It was unbelievable. Um, but it's Superhuman with two M's. But, uh, yeah, we're going to give this a call. I'm keeping this in either way, but we are calling him on every episode from now on, regardless if he picks up or not. So, yeah. I'm starting to call right now. I hope he doesn't fucking answer. He's, dude, he's definitely not answering. This will be so awkward if he does. For the yeah. record, for the record well, um, I came into the Skype account and I messaged him about possibly doing an interview. And um, when I messaged him about doing the interview, I had to actually log out of my Skype account because he kept calling me so many times at work. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so I'm hoping this might work, but it looks like, unfortunately, at this time, he's not. If he comes in during the vegan segment, we can just kind of cut out because uh, it says it's just still waiting to call him or it's still ringing through. But uh, I will let you know if I see him pick up. But uh, we can continue. And again, I don't care if other people don't like this segment. I'm doing this every week. <laughs> All right. Works for me. Fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> Um, only thing we really got to talk about for the vegan segment this week is that, uh, on, on some crazy shit, um, it's, Superhuman it's, human one, two, three, four is unavailable. So we will try yeah. again next week. All right. Well, I, I had a couple, I got a couple things to talk about. Uh, so basically there's a, uh, there's a new documentary being made right now by, uh, James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I just saw this get announced on Twitter. So we are, I'm, I'm really fucking excited about it because it's kind of, this documentary goes about is essentially doing what we wanted to do with this segment, which is talk about the the benefits of veganism uh, from an athletic standpoint. Even though neither of us have addressed this like pretty much at all since we started doing the podcast. Um, so there's a it's a, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's like idea as far as I can tell, and it's got they talk about all these different athletes. They talk about like it's like 15 dudes on the Tennessee Titans and like all these like other athletes that are vegan now. Uh, and it's uh, it, it looks like it's gonna be pretty cool. I, I forget the name of it. I probably should have looked it up to make this more interesting. 
But uh, while we're talking about popular veganism in the media, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but now on Hulu, they have a Light Life ad going that is identical to a Morningstar ad that used to run, where it's like, these two burgers look the same, but one is vegan and one isn't. Um, but it's with the new Light Life plant-based ground. And I uh, I tried that for the first time. It looks it, it's kind of like the Beyond Beef that they just came out with, but it comes okay. it, it comes in, it looks like it's like been like graded like you see a normal uh, ground beef pack. Yeah, uh, and it tastes fucking spot on. Like I haven't got to try Beyond Beef yet. I'm hoping to be able to try it uh, this week and get and talk about it on their next episode. But that shit is spot fucking on. Uh, so if you have an opportunity to buy the the, the plant based ground from White Life or Beyond. Go fucking do it, because that shit rules. I haven't and, seen the Light Life one yet. Well, it's crazy, because... I So, I had just seen it. it. It comes in... It looks like when you see, like, ground beef in the store. Like, like you know how ground beef kind of looks like a... Like a like a, like a spiral noodle, like, like pink? That's, yeah. what it, that's what it looks like. Um, But it's 80% less fat, and it's, like, 20 grams of protein or something like that per serving. Which isn't, like, a ton, but it's, like, it's comparable to red meat. Um, so it's like, it's fucking good. Like I, you can make it into burgers and shit like that. It, it, it breaks apart really easily as you're cooking it. Uh, so I recommend it to everybody. I'm going to try beyond beef, uh, later on this week, I believe for 4th of July. So, uh, I'm excited for that. But yeah, if you guys have the opportunity to get the, this stuff, I know it's a little pricey, but so far, uh, what I've tried, it tastes like real beef and it's always nice to have something that's like super realistic that you can get. That's not an impossible burger. Cause you can just buy this and make it however you want, where Impossible Burgers, you still can't do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I kind of have a couple of vegan things to get on. Um, the first one is I actually get to try the Morningstar corn dogs. They were at my local Publix. I actually buy one, get one right now. Shout out to Publix, the greatest place on planet Earth. God, I fucking miss Publix. Uh, Publix is god tier, and I don't know if I could ever move away from one again. But um, they are really good. I use an air fryer for them, which rocked. I know I heard some people say that they were kind of like slimy in the middle. I don't know if the air fryer is the reason why that didn't happen, but uh, they taste as good, if not better, than the field roast ones, and they're like actual sized and way cheaper. So uh, if you see those, just look and make sure. The weird part about them that I learned is, um, so for the most part on these Morningstar products now, they put the vegan V at the t- in the top right. For these ones, they're actually on the side spine. So you might think that you have the vegetarian ones in your store, but you actually have the vegan ones. Just as a heads up, because I know that was confusing some people. But um, that's that's one little bit there. The other thing is, when I was in Daytona Beach, if you're going back for CEO, if you're there for Fighter Fest, I ate at uh, Volve a couple times. And uh, I'm just going to use this to shit on Gabe Sapolsky again. That, um, <laughs> Evolve, change your name, because this place tastes so good. It's better than anything you've ever booked. Uh, the first day I went, I went there twice. I wanted to go three times, but we only went twice. Uh, the first day I ate there, I had ch- a chili cheeseburger with the PBR beer cheese, chili, a whole bunch of veggies, and it's a double patty burger. And then I also had nachos. Audrey got a chicken sandwich that tasted like a Wendy's chicken sandwich, or the best I can remember it. On top of, uh, she got some of these things that they called Texas fries, which was basically chili cheese fries. And then the next time I went, I got – oh, shit. What burger did I get? Oh, I got a burger that had mac and cheese, vegan bacon, a bunch of sauce and veggies on it. And then I got the Philly fries, which was basically like a Philly cheesesteak 
like with the ground cut up with onions, peppers, and then they put that beer cheese sauce over it. And that was delicious. And uh, that was one of my favorite parts about going to Daytona. This place is walking distance from oceans. It's like brand new. Super fucking good. If you're on vacation in Daytona or you end up going to this next year to go to CEO, which I'm definitely going to be at next year, uh, go. Of all fucking rocks, there's not a ton of good options in Daytona just because it's kind of the middle of nowhere, so they're not going to super cater to vegans. But it's definitely a place where you're going to go and spend money at if you're there. I know that uh, Kale Cafe has like a uh, an actual like you know storefront there, and I had Kale Cafe at the Orlando Veg Fest, and that shit is so good. So they're never open. I tried to go there every day, and they were closed every single time I tried to go, including on the days I tried to go where it said they should have been open. Well, I hope they didn't close because their food was good. But Yeah. Like, I wanted to go there because last year we didn't go um, just because – and, I mean, Audrey is fine with me saying this. Uh, she doesn't want to go to a super healthy place, and obviously Kale Cafe made it seem like that, um, yeah. which is more up my alley. But we saw this year I was kind of – I, like, showed her the menu and was kind of able to convince her and be like, hey, like, this is – not healthy food like they actually have like good food all around and uh ed convinced her we tried to go and they were closed every time i tried yeah um so i was pretty bummed because it looked really good um and i would have loved to eat in there because more options are better i also ate this place called dancing uh, dancing avocado that is a really good tofu scramble um but outside of that daytona really not hitting it too hard on the vegan options but there was a confirmed vegan like rice bowl that Jabali had in at like in CEO. So good on them. Yeah, um, and I uh, I don't I guess we will have an episode between now and uh, Fight for the Fallen, but I'm I'm coming down for Fight for the Fallen, so we'll have a a preview of that of like vegan options and shit like that next week for that. Definitely, um, I love Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a bunch of good food, and I will definitely talk about it. God, I fucking do not like Jacksonville. I can't. I yeah. I, w- I wish this was in pretty much any other part of Florida. But you know, I love Jacksonville so much. Jack Duval, love the Jaguars. Thank you AEW for existing, on making everyone Jacksonville Jaguars fans. But uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much all I got. Um, I will. Uh, I want. I want Eric to once again promote. Uh, the uh the time bomb show just like you know let everyone know where it is and shit and like everyone go follow time bomb pro wrestling so you can uh so you can like keep updated because this is a cool thing he does so eric eric go ahead and promote yourself one more time and we'll wrap it up uh one last thing for the vegan section i would like to add is a new segment called uh ricky fuji jr's uh vegan survival guide Uh, so (laughs) okay we're gonna First up for this week, we're gonna talk about our first sponsor, which is Olive Garden. Your uh, all right. Anyways, we're not uh, we're not uh, gonna promote Time Bomb. If you're in Fargo, North Dakota, fly to one of the other like five No Ring Deathmatch shows happening in the next week. Uh, I believe there's one uh, tomorrow because I'm gonna this will get uploaded on the third. Uh, there's two tomorrow actually. I I don't know where the GCW one is. Uh, my invite I believe was lost in the mail um but you know there's that one and then there's also casanova valentine as his in new york city so i'll uh, go to those don't go to time bomb pro because olive garden fucking sucks uh olive garden breadsticks are vegan the minestrone soup is vegan you can get spaghetti and pasta sauce uh there's a lot of other great stuff you can Did you really look this up right now uh time bomb pro wrestling that the, you know, are, six at the aquarium always- in fargo north dakota 8 p.m uh 15 online 20 at the door see you guys there
uh, if you uh, if you're struggling and you want to go to this show, but you're in North Dakota and can't afford to go, just message me. I'll buy I'll buy your ticket because I want people to be there. Uh, that's that's how badly I want people to be there. So me- message Spotfest, DM us, and we'll throw you money towards the ticket if if, if that's the one thing holding you back from this because you should be supporting this stuff. Uh, Carabas is superior to Olive Garden.